For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. And we're never too far from death and tragedy. One goes hand in hand with the other, obviously. The new IRA uh, pointed guns at terrified kids after they shot a police officer multiple times in front of his young son. Detective Chief, in- Chief Inspector John Caldwell makes many of the papers this morning. He was coaching kids to play soccer and was putting a load of soccer balls into the boot of his car when he was shot to death. Um, it's just absolutely so sad. Um, last, Sorry, pardon my apologies. Last night, uh, fighting for his life after Wednesday night's attack. But the man who was shot to death, of, death, of course, was Bishop David O'Connell. Um, and it's tragic, uh, his death, and it's even made more difficult to process when we hear that um, he was probably asleep when he was shot five times. And now there was a man called Carlos Medina, described as a handyman, uh, the husband of the housekeeper who worked for the... Uh, now, this is uh, D- D- Bishop David O'Connell, originally from Glanmire, but is serving bishop and cleric in California. Um, and apparently they're saying uh, that the uh, suspect, Carlos Medina, has admitted blasting him to death and could face 35 years behind bars if found convicted but uh, sleeping apparently they're saying when he was shot dead and that's making many of the papers this morning I see it in the Irish Mirror you know we talk about uh, you know criticism of of Cork City or indeed you know the safeness of it or whatever the case may be but there is some positive news this morning and it's important to accentuate the positive um, and it's a survey from the Financial Times they do it every year they call it the Financial Times European Cities and Regions of the Future Awards and uh, yet again And I saw it this morning online uh, in Cork Bio. Yet again, Cork has, for the second year in a row, been voted the number one small European city for economic potential. Um, And we've become a European hub very much for sectors like, uh, and they list some of the things that we're really good at attracting in here with regards to business and employment, sustainable energy, information security, uh, cyber security, life sciences. Now, the life sciences are things like pharma, and medical devices and, and biotech. We do that very well and apparently will continue to do so. And it's a bit of a boom area for businesses and employment on Leaside. So that's a bit of a good bit of good news, isn't it? The Financial Times uh, European Cities and Regions Awards for the second year, Cork is uh, number one. Um, at the same time, of course, though, there is uh, awful, awful sadness and uh, poverty and very, very difficult living conditions for people. Uh, and I was reading yesterday, uh, again, I saw this online on Corkbio, the story of Paul Cambridge, a very hardworking young chef from Cork. Um, he now sleeps in the back of a borrowed car um, and he does so uh, on the keys of Cork. He lost everything in the space of just days. And one stage, the 22-year-old had a full-time job. He was a chef. He had a roof over his head. He had heating. He had a place to call his own. Uh, He'd been renting away nicely. Then his world fell apart when he was evicted from his Leaside home. Then, of course, the domino effect of that meant that he lost his job, ends up being forced sleeping on the streets, and then a buddy gives him his car to borrow, and he's sleeping in the car with his two dogs, Mike and Cunningham. It's a tragic story, um, and it just goes to show, uh, you know, the two sides to... Uh, society, if you like, those that are comfortable and those that are absolutely, in the case of, of sadly, in the case of Paul, destitute. Um, I, it's interesting to see online, um, the Irish Times online this morning, is talking about Michael Healy Ray, uh, because Michael Healy Ray was apparently on uh, Radio Kerry recently, where he was saying uh, that um, there should be a, a cap on the number of Ukrainians 
coming into Ireland. And the Times found that a bit kind of strange, I suppose, because um, he has himself Ukrainian tenants, even though he wants to put a cap on numbers. He's got 13 Ukrainians in a former guest house in Tralee. And even on Radio Kerry, he didn't rule out hosting more Ukrainians if the opportunity arose. So how can you say that if you're in favour of a cap on the numbers coming into Ireland? And, and I probably should have mentioned this when I was talking about the uh, sad situation that Paul Cambridge finds himself in, but in March, the eviction ban will end. And they figure that that eviction ban, conservatively, since last October, probably kept 2,200 people in homes, flats and apartments. Uh, other, otherwise, they would have been terminated and been gone. Uh, but what are they going to do if they decide not to renew the eviction ban? And there's a call for the eviction ban to continue across to the autumn. So that's a front page story making the independent today. And the former GAA star continues to dominate many of the papers because, of course, there was an arrest in question. And then this uh, former GAA star was then released. But he had to receive medical attention first uh, to get the okay from a doctor before um, uh, they, the Gardaí, as, as the Red Tops say this morning, before the Gardaí could grill him. But among other things, of course, it has to do with uh, allegations of fraud, uh, pretending to have cancer and, you know, tapping people for various amounts of money. But his bank accounts were very much probed. And it's a story that the Mirror and the Star drill into today, the state of his bank accounts. And of course, that would be part of the investigation for Angarda Shikona. Um, there's a front page of making the Echo today talking about the amount of people who have been reporting um, bad water or indeed sickness and illness caused by water consumption on Leaside. Uh, and that's an alarming one that makes the front and inside pages. But if you think of all of the different festivals that we have in Ireland, and, you know, you might think of festivals in Cork City, or you might think of festivals in Dublin or Galway or Limerick or, you know, places like that. But you've got to also remember that many small towns and villages have their own festivals. And the Echo this morning is saying that we could see the end of many St. Patrick's Day events and other events like that because um, community just can't afford to get festival insurance. Um, and in fact, in one case, there's a story in the Echo today of a local community who had to crowdfund for the insurance. And there's a bit of a warning with regards to the future of the St. Patrick's Day Festival in Carrigaline because of high insurance premiums that's needed for it. Businesses continue to open on Leaside. Um, you might recall, uh, was it about, what, four, maybe five years ago uh, that uh, Krispy Kreme opened uh, a donut shop in Dublin and there was a, t- a two-day queue for people? I was chatting with the lads here this morning because, uh, you know, wouldn't know much about donuts, not a huge fan. Um, but I was thinking, what, what? I was asking, what's so different about their donuts to everybody else's donuts? And, and nobody could work out. It might have to do with the hype or, you know, the marketing or the fact that it's from America or something. But anyway, I mention it because they're going to open their first uh, outlet here on Leaside and will open on Patrick Street should be St. Patrick Street, to give it its proper term, in April. Um, So I'm wondering, will we also have two-day queues on Patrick Street for people to get in for these uh, tasty delights? But I can tell you, talking about tasty delights, Dino's only gone and done it again. This time, he's opening uh, a drive-thru chipper in Middleton. And I'll tell you something, Middleton, you don't know what you're going to get. It's going to be absolutely incredible. You've got something really lovely uh, to look forward to. I think probably Dino does the best chips. 
probably I don't think anybody could argue with there yeah I mean we could get into a debate about fish and chips and burgers and creoles and all sorts of stuff like that but in the chips department he the man he the man um that's my own personal opinion. The first one opened, the first Dino's opened in 1970 in Tower Street. And I've had some, I've had some great conversations about Dino, about how he started up. But there's a lovely article in the Echo today uh, saying that he started in 1970 with 40 pence in his pocket and the rest of it was on credit or a bit of help from Jackie Lennox who helped him. And now, all these years later, of course, he will open the eighth location in Middleton. And the great thing about it is that it will be a drive through I'm forever saying it to roosters, actually, because it's Free Food Friday today, and I'll tell you more about that in a few minutes. But I think the food at roosters is awesome. I think it's mega out in Douglas and Blackpool. But could you imagine if there was a drive through roosters? Wouldn't that be just incredible? I think that would be incredible. And talking about incredible things, rumours are abounding in Crosshaven uh, that um, Young Offenders, another series of it, is about to be filmed. By all accounts, there's an awful lot of talk down around Crosshaven, but not just there. Passage West, Carrigaline and Monkstown, because apparently a lot of accommodation is being booked down there for the crew of some film series that's about to be done. Now, it could be it could be a series or it could be another spin-off movie. I don't know. But they're speculating on the front of the Echo today the return of Connor and Jock and everybody else from the Young Offenders. And nobody could argue with that. Um, a lot of stuff then with regards to fruit and veg in the papers today. Uh, and we're reminded of how important it is to eat fruit and vegetable by season. I mean, you can get fruit and vegetable now all year round because, you know, the seasonality of fruit and veg is completely and utterly gone. But if you want to uh, beat the shortages of fruit and veg, and we spoke about allotments yesterday on air, then you should firstly buy Irish. And the things we should be eating now are the likes of leeks, kale, cabbage, lettuce, cauliflower, turnip, carrots, parsnips, onions, garlic, beetroot, spinach and microgreens. What would the microgreens be? Would that be like your rocket and your spinach and small stuff like that? Um, But a lot of those are very traditional Irish vegetables, aren't they? Like carrots, parsnips and turnip particularly. I don't know whether they've... Carrots you see everywhere. I mean... I would put a moratorium and a temporary ban on carrots, actually, because everywhere you go, um, uninspired chefs are just giving you carrots and broccoli everywhere. I mean, talk about a dull veg when there's other ones that are just bursting with flavors. Uh, But anyway, the, the humble turnip, what I did the other day is I took an entire turnip, right, and I chopped it up and I chopped it into cubes. And I air fried it. I air fried the cubes. You know, you can do that with potatoes. You get the potato cubes going nice and crispy. Pretty much close enough the same way with turnips. Just brightens them up. New way of doing it. But they're talking about veg today. And just one or two. There are other ones that I'll come back to throughout the course of the morning. But two of interest here. Um, as if you didn't know, but poor quality sleep knocks years off your life expectancy, apparently. You would have thought that it was too much drinking, smoking, eating junk food and carousing. It's all that too. But if you're not getting enough sleep, apparently, did we really have to pay research or did somebody have to do research to tell us that poor quality sleep can lock, knock years off your life inspection? But I, what I do like, and this is bad news for bachelor boys, um, not so much for spinsters, Ugh, even though I don't, I don't like that word, but vowing to love a partner in sickness and in health appears to be a good deal for men, not so much for women. It's bad news um, for men who don't get married 
Good news if they do, because um, the research is saying that lifelong bachelors are twice as likely to die from heart failure as men who get married. Primarily because if men get married, they have someone to look after them and keep a close eye on their health. If they don't get married, they don't. So therefore, they live shorter lives and they have a higher um, uh, risk of dying from heart failure. So for bachelors, I suppose, it's because uh, they're parting too hard. (laughs) They're having too much of a good time. The Neil Prenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Two-time gold winner at the Emerald Radio Awards 2022. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. There's some more quirky stories making the papers, which will come back to just after 10 this morning. But I just need to do one or two updates. And yesterday, uh, I was chatting on air with, with Ashling, And you may recall the conversation I had with her because she has bowel cancer and she's living um, in straitened times with very little money. Uh, you know, uh, can't afford to put any heat on or... Um, you know, I think she was saying since Christmas she is surviving on a diet of just toast. So it was very alarming to hear her story on air yesterday morning. But there was a lot of people who got in touch uh, during and after my conversation uh, with her. Um, she uh, has all sorts of loans, including uh, a loan to a money lender. Now, to be quite honest with you, um, she actually was being offered an awful lot of help from members of the public yesterday. Um, but She's declining an awful lot of those offers because she just wanted to share her story and get a little help and is happy enough with what she's got so far. But that's not going to stop me from reading out some of the correspondence from you guys over the past 24 hours. But I do know that Hazel from Street Angels visited Ashling last evening and brought food and clothing and even some lovely fluffy slippers. And she also gave her a 130 euro shopping voucher to buy more food when she needs it. You know, fresh food. She said that Ashling was overwhelmed with the kindness of people. And then Patrick from Cork Chimneys is going to supply her with fuel. And St. Vincent de Paul are also on board now because we spoke to them yesterday when we got off the air. And they're on board and will be in touch with her if they haven't been in touch with her already. There were many other offers made by numerous people, uh, including money and fuel and food and vouchers. But Ashling is saying thank you, but no thank you. She's very happy with what she got so far, which is great news. Incidentally, can I just say, uh, particularly with regards to Patrick in Cork Chimneys, he installs flues and he installs um, uh, stoves and uh, wood burners and all sorts of things like that. And if you are considering buying one of them or putting in a flue or putting in a, a solid fuel burner or whatever the case may be, one of your own stoves, uh, think about giving them a bit of business. They're good people, cork chimneys. So, um, some of the texts from yesterday. Ashling, uh, if she has a social worker, that social worker is clearly not doing her job. Nobody should be living in these conditions, struggling to pay for cancer medicine, not to mention food and heating bills. It is a disgrace. Yes, indeed. Ashling has been diagnosed with bowel cancer. It came across her very unexpectedly. Her situation is so difficult that her son has had to move in with Ashling's sister because she's too sick and indeed too poor to care for him. Uh, they can't find money for hospitals or children's wheelchairs. They can't find money to fix local housing. There's no money for ambulances, but yet they can find money for the government jet, their fat pensions and their big wage packets. Shameful what we heard on air, says Peter and Bandon. Uh, morning, having gone through chemotherapy myself, you're admitted to hospital for the day, so the hospital charges you 80 euro per day. I hope that ultimately Ashling has a good outcome. This is an effing disgrace. A money lender 
for a cancer patient. We need to help this woman, my God. How much is the medication? How much is owed to the money lender? Uh, I was diagnosed with colon cancer in December. I contacted welfare and I was told because I was self-employed and my wife was working, I wasn't entitled to anything. They offered me €61.24 per month disability pension. So even with colon cancer, I have to continue working. Um, It's so sad listening to that lady. She should ring alone. I'm certain she'll get help quickly if needs be. Uh, another self-employed some person got in touch by text and says, I got bowel cancer three years ago. I was out of work for over a year. Zero income, no medical card. Uh, people will just suffer rather than look for help, but I'm glad that Ashling contacted you. Um, she should be entitled to free fuel allowance. The elderly like me get it. Tell her to get onto the social welfare office and demand it. Would Ashling not get something better to eat than toast at least? Pasta can be bought for under a euro and so can a nice jar of sauce for it. Well, things will improve for her drastically and began to improve for her yesterday following our conversation with me. And to those that um, she also is having issues, dental issues, but she can't find a dentist that will take medical cards. We've got a big response to that as well. Let her know that River Lee Dental in town take medical cards. Somebody else says Grana Braher Dental also take medical cards. And one or two more, because there are reams of them. These are people offering some for offering help. Um, oh my God, that poor girl. And all because she happens to be Irish. It isn't, isn't it amazing that she can't stand in a hotel lobby and have her medical card handed over to her as happens for others. What a country this is. And then a lot of people offering to do a shop. Thank you to Paddy. And thank you also to Megan. Can I do a proper week shopping for the lady, please? Uh, I would just love to help out in some way. Um, also other people offering money. Thank you to Robert who offered 100 euro. And there are lots more like that. Many people, even people offering to pay for her tooth extraction because Ashling yesterday was saying that she was going to have to pull it out herself. So that's just the tip of the iceberg, lads. There's lots more besides. And I'll deal, thank you so much to everybody who got involved and to Ashling for being brave enough to pick up the phone and make that call because it has made a huge difference to her. So more on that throughout the course of the morning. Do you remember yesterday morning I was talking about Castle Martyr and the lollipop lady. Um, lollipop person is probably the correct term to use now. Um, I just want to pick up on that because I got a call from the lady involved, Karen Karen Dowley. Karen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Now, the story yesterday was that you were stopping the work, wasn't it? But they couldn't find anybody to replace you. Is that the case? I resigned in at the end of 2020 and another lady rose took over then, but she has subsequently resigned too. Okay. Why were the two resignations? Well, my one was because I got knocked down while crossing the children um, over the road. Now, it was a pure accident. The school was very busy the same morning, but um, I, I, I lost my confidence and I didn't feel that I could continue to cross the children safely, to be honest. Uh, a, a pure accident? I mean, you, you, you have, you have the sign, you have the lollipop, you walk out, the traffic stop. How can you be knocked down? I know. It happened, <laughs> unfortunately. Were you in the middle of the road with the sign up? Yeah. Were you hurt? Well, the impact, I, I, like I, I was knocked down, but it's when I fell down, I landed on my hip, and that's where the injury comes from. 
Right. You I know, mean, I'd, I'd still be in the job only for that. You know what I mean? Because I love that job. It's the most. It's the nicest job in the world. I did it for nearly twenty years. I loved it, but I just wasn't fit to do it anymore after that. It just knocked my confidence. You see, that's very sad to hear, particularly that you loved it so much. You knocked your confidence. Absolutely. You just, you, now yeah. you're afraid that if you had continued, it would happen again. Well, not, not only that, I'd lost my nerve even going out on the road, so I didn't feel I had the confidence to have the relationship with the children if I was too worried about myself to get them across safely. It knocked your confidence. I get you. Yeah. I understand. Yeah. But, but tell me this, because uh, the story yesterday that I heard was because there's too, too many angry drivers driving through Castlemarter. They don't respect the lollipop person. Um. There have been incidences of abuse and that, but I wouldn't say it's like it, it's all day, every day. I mean, I suppose every uh, every job that people have, they're going to take some bit of flack off the public. But I like, I mean, I've, I've had incidents, believe me, I've had a man try to rest in the lollipop out of my hand and try and put it where the sun don't shine what? in front of the children. What? Yeah. Gotta, like- that, was, that was years ago now um, when the roadworks were in Killa. By the time they got to me, they were so annoyed. They just saw high vis and thought, she's involved with the road, she's got high vis, and he just lost it with me. Got out of the car? Yeah. Ah, that's and very serious. Now. My hand. Yeah. What, what did you say or do when he's wrestling the sign? I, I didn't know what to do. I just said, get back in your car, and said the children are crossing the road, and he did. He apologised? No. I mean, there's a fortune of traffic going through Castle Martyr, isn't there? I mean, it's because it's a main artery heading east. So it's, it's very, very heavy traffic at all times. Um, but the article said villages in East Cork are hoping it will be third time lucky in their search for a traffic warden after concerns around road safety and verbal abuse hampered the recruitment search. Well, I mean, if, if, if somebody's asking me to write the ad, I would not put that as the main reason that people don't want the job, to be honest with you. There's something like 20,000 vehicles going through there every day, and I'd say that's a conservative figure, isn't it? It is conservative, definitely. Okay. I mean, the traffic in the mornings is, 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 is very, very busy. But see, there's no parking at the school either. And a lot, of, like, we, a lot of the children that go to our school come from around the area. They're not necessarily from the village. So okay. they have to be driven to school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But certainly, so there's more congestion. Certainly, there isn't any warden now. No. Okay. For how long? And um, I think Rose left before Christmas. I think she left. And and without wanting to pry, do we know why she left? As far as I know, her foot got rolled over. I couldn't. I couldn't say that's a hundred percent true. I haven't spoken to her in a few weeks, but she. I, I know that she had. She had, had taken abuse from 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 some motorists. In fairness, now, Karen, you were knocked down. You had another fella ripping the sign out of your hand and trying to shove it where the sun don't shine. And Rose had her foot rolled over. Like uh, I think. Like, I not. I can't say that a hundred percent. Okay. 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 So there would seem to me there would be a lot of irate, angry drivers who just don't want to respect the sign and let children cross the road. No. And unfortunately, that's the case. I mean, I worked with the lights. For where I stood on the school side, I looked down, I see the lights are going red, right? I have gone red. I won't even do it on amber. I wouldn't do it on amber. I'd wait till it went red. I, the, the kids had eye contact with me. I'd have my hand up and say, wait till I call you. And the kids were fantastic. I never had any jiggles, just, you know, any messing around out of them. Then I go out on the road because the drivers weren't going anywhere anyway. But that still wasn't good enough for some people. They had to get up, 
as near to the lights as possible. It's ridiculous. It's very childish behaviour from them. Do, do you, you know, have you had occasions anywhere. where they tried to drive around you? Oh, no, I've been in the middle of the road and they've gone down on school sites. They've just kept going. On the road where the kids are trying to cross? Yeah. Like what's it needs to be looked at again? I don't even think at this stage that lolly, uh, lollipop person is is the solution. Even though, as, as I say, it's a lovely job, I think some it, it has to be addressed for ch- for child safety because they're told now to go down to the traffic lights in the school or the traffic lights at the bridge. And that's you know fifth and sixth class now. You know what I mean? I sure I'll take oh, the look, chance. Listen, I, I've seen them doing it. You know, we 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 would have done it ourselves. I see them. There's a there's a couple of lollipop persons. By in fact, they are women, lollipop women. Uh, on the Douglas Road and I see them all of the time I see them up on the Ballinock Road and they're doing a great job and I'd say yeah. it is a lovely job because you're you build up relationships with the kids and, and also with the Absolutely, parents Absolutely, yeah Look, I couldn't fault any of the children and the families down the school they were so nice and you know you, you felt part, part of the school community even though you weren't employed by the school you were employed by Cork County Council you know you always felt like you were part of the school When you were knocked down Cork County Council docked you pay did they? It did. It was the, the week before Christmas week and I got knocked down on the Wednesday and two men from Cork County Council came out to make sure I was all right and I gave the county engineer for this area, I gave him a start from the doctor to say I'd be out on the Thursday and Friday. But I didn't realise until after Christmas because I had to sign on for Christmas that they had docked the two days from me for getting knocked down because I wasn't covered for six, for six leave. Cork County Council want to look at how they they treat lollipop people as well to be honest with you I mean after nearly 20 years in the job I'm not looking for a gold watch I didn't even get a card to acknowledge my service when you when you called it a day yeah you were just gone just a number just gone final pay pack not a word from anyone no no, thank you and it's hurtful you know okay maybe it's not procedure to do it but you know we are employees of Cork County Council it's not a big money paying job sure it's not I had to get social welfare top up of twenty seven thirty a week to bring me to basic dole rate. So I think you described it as pocket money. Pocket. If, if, if you had, I'm I'm on my own with my, with my, my um, adult son. So I I was on. If I wasn't doing that job, I would have been on social welfare. But in saying that now, and I'm sorry, I'm going to do a crib about it. I was getting an element of social welfare for it, but. Because I didn't get it to six months at a time, I didn't qualify for the Christmas bonus and I didn't quite qualify for fuel allowance. Wouldn't it be so just as easy to include you? I was actually worse off yeah. than somebody on the dole yeah. for working. I know. Wouldn't it be just as easy to include you considering the very important safety work that you do? I mean, is there talk about... There is talk, of course, about a bypass, isn't there? We, we don't know when. Well, there is, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that would make. I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. Yeah. Now, I know that there were two people interviewed or indeed... They did advertise the post. It only attracted two candidates. And of the two candidates, only one showed up for an interview. What does that tell you? You know, I, I, like, I, I, don't, go, I, I don't go around bad-mouthing the, the job. I mean, as I say, 1% of the job was, you know, was not nice. 99% was a dream. You know, it really was. But I, I, the, the money, I mean, who's, who's going to sign up for that? You'd want to have a love of people and children and interacting and the fresh air and getting out there and being involved in your community. You wouldn't do it for money. No, not yeah. absolutely not. Well, you wouldn't do it for money. And the that's abuse. the pity about it. It shouldn't be about money, I know. But when, when you're better off 
not working on the dole. That's, that's a very clear message. I know that it's only a couple of hours a day, but it's also the commitment to being there at those times. Yeah, like, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't go to Cork on Wednesday because I had to be back for half two. Do you yeah, get me? Yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. And why do you think motorists are getting more angry and more stressed that there's more road I rage? I think everyone, the world is in general, to be honest with you. I'd say you've been called every name under the sun 20 years, though. Yeah, no, not really, no, to be honest with you. I mean, I've nothing that sticks out in my mind except the, the guy in the lollipop stick. And, you know, that, that's about the worst one that happened. You get the angry faces. But, you know, rise above it. You're not there about them, you're there about the children. OK, starting to, starting to lose you there. In the case of that individual, would you take the car reg, report him to the guards? Because he's clearly a very angry person in life, no? Yeah, you see, the thing is... Move around there and I'll let you go in two seconds, Karen. Yeah, I it, don't know. Uh, it's, I see when you're in the moment, you're, you're still focused on the kids. Right. You've got a size and you're, you're trying to make sure the kids are okay. Because they were stopped and they saw it too. So right. in the moment, you, you don't you don't think about the reds or anything like that. You're trying to daddy yourself together. Yeah, I know, I know. I don't know for anybody else, but I can't hear you. But I, I'm happy enough that we got through everything that we wish to get through and to finish up by wishing you well, whatever you decide to do next. Thank you very much. Oh, you're back again for the thank yous. I'm back. Sorry about that. Look after yourself, all right? Take care. Thank you very much, Neil. Cheers. All the best. Thanks. Karen Dowley, the former lollipop lady in Castle Martyr. Um, love to hear from other people who work in that job, actually, with regards to your own experiences. Are motorists getting more and more angry, more stressed, more irate, more road rage, particularly to those of you that are just trying to get children across the road safely. Text 0868 Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. OK, just very quickly, just a quick call from uh, David Scully, who's down Castle Martyr Way himself, and they have their own association and part of the Castle Martyr National School, Primary School as well. David, good morning. Can you hear me? Okay, that's not happening, so maybe we'll come back to it at a later time. Text 0868 pick up the phone on 0818 and also remember that today is a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So you need to text who you are. Now you can text or WhatsApp who you are and where you are to 0868 and there's some serious feeding. 15 to 20 people will be fed, courtesy of ourselves in Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So the starters, the main courses and the desserts, and I'll give you full details of what will be delivered by Red Patroller in about a half an hour's time. But what's important now is to text and uh, WhatsApp 86 and let us know who you are and where you are. And we'll start the shout outs just after uh, 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, back to our phone lines we go. Tom should be online too. Actually, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking there may well be an issue with my phone lines this morning. Um, oh, it may have sorted it now. Tom, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Um, just talking about drivers, irate drivers, people driving too fast in too much of a hurry and the fact that it can hurt or kill people. Um, you wanted to pick up on that? Well, no, I actually, my... my well, I, yeah, because yeah. you're talking about someone could be killed, right? No, no, you see. One of the oldest things in, in, in Ireland... Well, you nearly killed someone in an area of the city, yeah? No, if you're listening, I'll explain to you now, right? Some time back, a young lad coming from school was killed below at the corner by the end of the Maldrick. That's right. As you go down to the Mercy Hospital, he crossed the road and he was hit by a truck. Yeah, the truck, truck was right. turning in a misfortune, yeah. yeah. Yes. 
Now, I'd go in that road very often. I'll be in the road today because I live on the west side. I live in Ballancarrig. That would be my route into town. And last week, I think it could have been Friday last week, I went around that corner and I'm a cautious driver. And a young lady walked blindly across the road with her face stuck in her phone. Yes. Right? Now, okay, no big news. I didn't nearly hit her. I did not nearly hit her. I didn't come near to hitting her. It said here right? you nearly killed someone there on Friday. You're saying, no, you didn't. Okay, okay. I've had several near misses there. Okay. We're the same, we're the same thing, right? Now, I approached several councillors and asked them that I met at marches in town why there wasn't railings put on both sides of the road there. Around the corner. So they, on either on either side. Yeah, I know what you're talking it would about. Be no good, it would be no good putting them on one side because they would walk over onto the bank railings. And following the, the tragic side. loss of death of a young Cork boy, it's going to happen again. What's going to happen again? It's going to happen there. It's going to happen there in that spot. It is in my estimation, and I'm driving a long time, and thankfully, accident-free, I'm driving a long time. In my estimation, it is the most dangerous corner on car. I have to say, it's not helped by people who are crossing main roads with their heads stuck in their mobile phone. It isn't, but take that take that away from them at least make them go down towards does he, does, does that, there was but, that oh, no, but what I'm saying that this is important because if you had hit her of course it is right because she hasn't a clue what she's doing she's stuck in a mobile phone if you had hit her she would have been injured possibly killed you would have to live with the consequences of it uh, because she wasn't aware of her surroundings exactly which she's stuck I on her phone I said to your research the other day as long as I'm driving now, in my whole life, I got one traffic ticket, or one parking ticket. And just so long ago, that was in pounds, not yeah. punts. Yeah, no, I accept that you are a top-class driver. Yeah, in fairness, you would right. be. Yeah. No, it's not that I'm a top-class driver. I'm a good driver, and I, I drive with care and attention. Right? But what the, the, the local government, local government have a responsibility to try and make the place as safe as possible. They are not doing that. You'd often hear the saying, they'll wait until someone has killed or serious injured before they do something well, about it. it's happened. Sad tragedy. It's happened, and they've done nothing about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, it's there's, blind, isn't it? It's blind, that corner, you know? It's, it's totally blind if you're coming from the west. Well, it's the only way you can but come. You know, when you, you know when you yeah. turn left? Yeah. Are there traffic lights there? There, there's traffic lights at the end of the mail break, right? Yeah. There's, 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 when you turn the corner, there's pedestrian lights put in there. Sometimes go, I don't need to whatever to whatever option. They're not even turned on, no? No, no, no. Okay, so people are, are people the, are taking a chance to cross it then? Oh, they are, yeah. Yeah, okay, but I understand. Down, yeah, and yeah. This, is my, this was my point to these guys that I met in town. Farther down, when you go down to the side of the wall, the, the end of the side wall, I don't know, say hospital, there's a pedestrian crossing. 
old style pedestrian crossing, right? Too far away Which, from people who don't want to go that way. They might want to well, go make them, make them go there. All right, yeah. Because that's, that's a pedestrian crossing. And you know when you that, nearly hit her, did she realise that you nearly hit her? She didn't even get her face on the phone. So she had no idea how close she came to getting hit? Not at all. Not at all. all right. Listen, Neil. Yeah. To do your good tomorrow or Saturday, or any Saturday, after 12 o'clock, take a walk down Oliver Plunker Street. It's like walking down a zombie apocalypse. They're walking around with their faces stuck in their phones. It's the same all over town. They're walking blindly into traffic. How there are more people seriously injured. Well, the reason for that is because people in cars or trucks or buses or bikes are looking out for them because they're not looking out for themselves. I mean, you see it when you're walking against them. You can see it on footpaths. You're walking against them inside in town. Their head is down. And if you didn't move out of their way because they can't see anything around them, they just smash right into you. I actually, I actually saw a person, believe it or believe it not, I actually saw a person walk into the side of a car last week, a power car, with their face up to their phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Walk into the side of a power car. I don't get it, man. I and then looked it. around to see if anybody else saw it. They saw me sniggering, of course, like... And if I, and, uh, What's so important? Just, like, what, what, what is so important that he has to take all of your concentration while walking? I mean, like, surely he could wait. I have absolutely no idea. Okay. My okay. phone, my phone, I'll take my phone out of my car. Later on, I'll take my phone out of my car. It goes into my pocket. When I go for a coffee, I'll have a... A look through my phone. A, a look then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, all right. Look, Mind yourself. Thanks, Tom. Take care. Have a okay, good weekend. Appreciate it as always. Uh, can I just go back actually to the whole Matt Castle Martyr story? Um, I think I might have David Scully now. David, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How is, are you? Is there a problem with irate drivers, people speeding, giving a lollipop person abuse and, you know, accelerating through the village? Yeah, well, I, th- I think you have to look at the bigger picture and where the school actually is on the N25. <laughs> Um, in the mornings when you're coming from the all direction there's traffic lights there obviously and a person's eyes is drawn to the traffic lights so they're waiting for that opportunity to get through and get on their way and they do not see where the traffic warden is so I think that's probably one problem when you're coming out when you're coming from the all direction coming from the Middleton and Cork you can't miss a lollipop person they're standing in the middle of the road if you look at the topography of the situation you're you're going down a hill there's lights telling you that there's a school coming, but then there's 300 metres away. And by the time you get down there, there's a build-up of traffic, you know, I think um, like over 20% of the vehicles that go through the village based on TRI are heavy, large vehicles, bigger than cars. Yeah. So you're not going to be able to see all the time. So you have to think of that kind of situation. You're coming from that direction, you know, and and especially in the morning. But, but I understand that, but if, and I'm open to correction on this, one traffic, uh, one lollipop lady was knocked down and the girl that replaced her had a car roll over her foot. Yeah, I, I believe Karen was knocked down, yeah. all right, but I don't think um, someone rolled over her foot. She did have a couple of near misses, I believe. So at least near misses anyway. Yes. Is yes. this, I'm, I'm curious, is this the risk of the job for all people with lollipop signs? Well, that, that I can say, but I mean, it's, it's, it, it is a dangerous area. The problem is the speeding in that area, that people are trying to accelerate in and out of the village and, and, and they don't, they're not expecting it, or maybe they are aware of it, maybe they've had a bad day, things like that. 
What's, so the, tra- what's he, the speed limit through the village? The speed limit is 50 kilometres an hour. So should be, it should be 30. Lot. It should, it should. And that's one thing that we're looking to get. Uh, that's to way too fast. Yes, yes. So, and the footpaths there, if you drive through Casamarca, you won't appreciate the footpaths on that side of the road. They're very narrow. Yeah. They're less than a metre wide in yeah. places. Yeah. So it all takes is there's a bunch of kids going and one bumps off another. You know, it's a, it's a serious accident waiting to happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, why, why, wouldn't so, they, why wouldn't people just replace lollipop persons with traffic lights? Just put the traffic lights at the point where kids need to cross. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, there is a case that there is two traffic lights in Casamarca already. One in the village where people are crossing and doing their shopping, their yeah. business. And one at the crossroads and, and the Garyville mogili Junction. So you'd be introducing a third one. And I, I think they can probably do something better there because you also have... Um, turn-ups on the road up towards um, up towards housing estates and Kilka Park. There's a lot of parking ha- will happen around that area. So maybe traffic lights aren't the most practical thing. But um, I heard last night um, that Transport Infrastructure Ireland are carrying out a safety assessment on the area. So that is good news. Um, and what we need to look at there is, as you say, reducing the speed limit to 30 kilometres. If you go down to our neighbours down in Killa, they have, um, they have it clearly defined. So you can very clearly see where the traffic warden is going to be. What's the speed limit there? Is it 50 as well? I believe it's 30 during school hours. See, it's like they kind of make it up as they go along. Like, it should be a uniform rule. I mean, if you're going through any village, you should be going at 30 kilometres an hour. I don't want to sound like an old fogey, but 50 is quite fast in a built-up area. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. If, if you were standing in Casamarta Village, they go at 30 kilometres an hour. If you go past Casamarta Village, they would speed up. Just yesterday, I was walking out here, and there is um, there is lights flashing to tell you if you're going too fast. Six cars passed as I was going through. One of them was under the speed limit. Okay. So well, instead of those things damage. just flashing at you, they should be taking photographs of the car edges and sending fines. Why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, that's the practical right. way of doing it, isn't it? Slowing down drivers, find them. Absolutely, absolutely. People need to be aware. People like it's not just during school times. People, you know, kids are using that hall for after school activities. So it's not just while the traffic warden is there. It's keeping the traffic warden safe. It's all about keeping everyone safe around the village. Okay. And, and making it safe. Okay. All right. Listen, I'm going to plow ahead because I got a load of calls. But thank you very much for taking the call, David Scully in Castle Marta. Paul, good morning. Hi, Neil. A Co- couple of fast ones this side at ten o'clock. Go ahead. Yeah, no, just, um, just talking about angry motorists, there are kind of people who are a bit impatient. I think it's impatience is a lot of it. You know, there's a pedestrian crossing in Carrigaline where it's just, like, you have to stop and let the cars go past before you can cross. So at a zebra crossing, you still, yeah. well, I mean, you have to be cautious at them anyway. Well, I know that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the amount of times I've had to stop and let car, two, three, four cars sometimes go past me. You Even know, though I'm, you're entitled to present I'm yourself to at the crossing. zebra crossing, you know, yeah. with a bit of care and attention and walk across. Of course. Yeah. yeah. And I don't be on my phone if I'm crossing somewhere. Like, I'll always have my earbuds in and listen to podcasts. But I always, and if I'm crossing a light or crossing, I always put my phone in my pocket and I'll make sure. And then if I have to send a text, I'll do that afterwards. You, but why, you I say that half of them don't stop. They don't stop, no. They don't. They see the person standing there, zebra crossing, yeah. flashing yellow lights on either side, and they continue to drive through it. Yeah, yeah. Well, there is no flashing like this one. Well, what but is it? Everyone knows it's a person crossing. It's a person crossing, like the the, the white stripes on the road. They're tra- well, either they're pedestrian crossing, as a zebra crossing, or they're traffic lights, which? 
Motor, no, there's no traffic lights, no. It, it's just the white stripes on the road, a pedestrian crossing, I'd call it. That's what it's called. It's a pedestrian crossing, but nothing to mark yeah. it as it, except marks on the road. Yeah. So they might, but they have knows, to, that means that half knows. the drivers don't know. They can't see it. I mean, they all live in Carrigaline. Yeah. Everyone knows about a pedestrian crossing. It's a talking point in Carrigaline. But should they fix, it, fix the problem if they put the, if they put the two yellow, yellow lights? Well, yeah, well, I suppose that's the council. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay. It, was, it was moved back years ago. It used to be at the front of this particular shopping centre. Now they moved it back for what I don't know. I was living abroad at the time, so I don't know the reason behind that. And a lot of people reckon that's half the problem. Make it a proper zebra that's crossing, for God's sake. Oh, yeah. Someone's going to be killed. Yeah, the lights. Yeah. 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 Okay. There All already right. was someone killed. That's why they moved it. There was someone killed there years ago. I think 2014, I think. Crossing the road. There was someone killed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. French. Yeah. She was an au pair, I think. She was French. Tragic. And that's why they moved it back. They reckon moving the crossing back was going to make it easier but well I mean if I'm, a, if I'm a, if I'm driving a car uh, and I see uh, the two lights on either side big yellow domes flashing I know I have to stop yeah. if you don't see those lights and they're not there you're running the risk that people won't know yeah. it and won't stop I know but Neil most of these people are local they know it's a risk crossing they know that's care. not that's not good enough. I'm not, I'm not saying all that's not good enough. Yeah, there's a lot of people no, going through that enough. going through that village and they're heading to Crosshaven. They could be heading to Myrtleville. They could be heading anywhere. No, they're not because it's it's, it's, it's the only place to go is into the shopping centre. Okay. They're not going to Crosshaven. That that's where they're going. Okay. All right. Let me talk to Frank. Thank you, Frank. Good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. Um, now we get on to this. Well, abuse that the lollipop people get, I suppose. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, there's something similar in Blackpool. Um, I don't know if you've been at the entrance to the Blackpool Shopping Centre. It's a totally blind corner coming from the Thomas Davis Street side. And there's a pedestrian crossing, I'd say, three, two, two to three feet from the main road to cross over onto the McDonald's side. Right, and why, and I, why is, is that a problem? The completely blind corner, Neil. People come around the corner at, I don't know, 20, 30 miles an hour and they have no chance to stop if somebody is on the crossing. Have there been, the have there been accidents? There have been numerous people hit or knocked down there. Numerous? Years. Numerous. Um, I, and uh, I, I'm from the area and we would often hear about it. I mean, whoever designed this is absolutely mad. It's right outside the door of the library. So you're going to have kids coming out and going to, we'll say, McDonald's, which is straight across the zebra crossing. Kids being kids will go straight onto the zebra crossing and across. And anything come up from Blackpool, they need to be very lucky. I've seen quite a few people having to jam on. Um, it's, it, it should be moved back about 10 feet. So a zebra crossing in Blackpool and on, no a, bl- on, on a blind corner. And no lights on it. You know, they, when we were growing up, nearly all had the, the yellow flashing lights. Yellow, no, no yellow flashing and no green man, nothing. Not, nothing whatsoever there. Now, I remember growing up, Neil, as a young fella, and I presume you do too, when we were taught how to use a zebra crossing, you stood in the footpath and put your foot on the side of the road, and that was a signal to the cars, and you waited until they stopped them to cross. Yeah, there was the old dad, wasn't there, that um, that's right. I think it was, was Brendan, Brendan Grace. Grace did it. Yeah. Yeah. Brendan yeah. Grace did yeah. it, that's right, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, so people have been hit there then, crossing? Yep, definitely. Okay. Absolutely, and it's absolutely deadly. 
All right. Okay. Thanks for that. Text 0868104106. In that case, you can't be blaming the motorists because they don't know unless you lived in the area and you were doing it every day. But a lot of people don't. Back after the break. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features, and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Well, there may well be a young lad, a 22-year-old, sleeping in a borrowed car on the Keys with his two dogs, but not too far from him. Apparently, there's a guy on the North Mall with a cardboard cup and a blanket tied onto himself to keep him warm. Isn't this so sad in 2023? Is it any wonder that people get angry? Mind you, not everybody agrees with helping. Paul says, as a taxpayer, you can't keep giving money and food to all of these people and then complain that they won't go to work or they won't go to school. Penny Dinners and Vincent de Paul, Simon are all part of the problem, not the solution. Um, I don't think it's as simple or as straightforward as that, to be honest with you. Can't come on air as a family member is a Garda, but I'm sick to death of people having a go at the guards. Can you imagine if there was a big fight in Cork City and one or two guards are sent to deal with it unarmed? They're putting their lives at risk every single day. There are just not enough of them to go around. People want community policing like it used to be, but the community is not the way it was 30 years ago. There's no respect anymore with regards to speed checks. If that is what they are told to do, then that is what the guardie must do. If they spend a day in court, then that is not their choice either. It is above their pay grade allocating resources, you know. I'm so proud of my relative. She works so hard for little reward. This is pick up on, picking up on conversations on and off all week long. Cork will never be the same as, say, for instance, the 90s. You had no problem walking around the city. There were great nights. Fellas were picking up women, giving them spins home, going to parties and vice versa. There was no fear of the person and no incidents. You wouldn't do it nowadays. There are so many druggies and dangerous people, including dangerous foreigners around all of the time, day and night. You can see it in our court reports. Cork City has gone dirty. Uh, Thank God we had the good safe nights out in the 90s to think back on, as said James. A few months ago, I visited CUH A&E. There were two guards sitting in the waiting room all day long with an elderly man they were minding as he was getting diagnosis medication to guardie. Again, that goes back to the family member of a guarda. That's the job they were told to do that day. They're following orders. It could have been anybody. It could have been somebody who was maybe coming from prison for medication in hospital and back to prison. I don't know. I grew up in Nochnahini, a great place and part of my life, but uh, I got married and moved out of the city. When I see it now, it gives me chills. The same um, with our city. There was so much fantastic and beautiful work to our city with the pedestrian paths and the lighting, the coffee docks and the outdoor eating areas and the beautiful businesses all trying to make a difference to the city. But at the same time, they're constantly putting people under pressure with ridiculous rent, bills, robbery, threatened by druggies and scum. There's no protection anymore. I've been to Anglesey Street Garda Station. There is a room with wall-to-wall monitors on our streets. They can see things happening as they're happening and it's a two-minute drive to anywhere in the city, but yet we continually hear how no guards came or arrived an hour later. That must be ridiculous for people who need intervention. I know why they don't come. We have stripped the guards of their power. We have disabled them of certain ways of power, and all we've done while disabling the guards is enabling the bad guys. I go into the city twice a year, both at Christmas time. 
I go in early and come out early before it gets messy. And the reason why? I just don't feel safe. Still love Cork, still love my city, but don't feel safe. I think there's more drastic really needs to be done. We need to get onto the government to get more Gardaí into Cork and we also need the army on the streets to act as a deterrent. The old Cork used to be lovely to let your kids out in town, but you couldn't do that now. If they drop out of school at their junior cert, they should be forced to go into conscription in the army or the Gardaí. Um, and just one more for now. In all of the discussions done through the years on your show about drugs, criminality, antisocial behaviour and criminal damage, I've never heard anyone address the common denominator to all of this, the education system. If you, it says if you leave school early, hang around, uh, get into trouble, get everything from health and housing provided for you, tackle the education system so every child has an option in life, not the easy option to do nothing. Not every child is academical and our system is geared towards academia. Some kids are useless with a pen, but genuinely good in art or with a chisel in their hand. End the option of being able to drop out and watch the crime rates plummet. Keep them in school. And there are loads more. Another person here is talking about children having no respect. You are not even allowed to discipline children now. They don't fear authority. The army can't do a thing as they'd be sued. Stop asking them to intervene. I fear for my children's future with all this crap going on. People need to stop having kids and dragging them up. As in, if you're not going to rear them properly, properly, don't have them in the first place. And there's reams more like that. A busy morning as usual. Back to the phone lines. Julie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Um, happy to talk to you and see if anybody can help, but it kind of ties in very much with some of the stories this morning with regards to irate, angry, speeding drivers, people not given a damn. What happened to you? I was rear-ended in Douglas by an uninsured driver who drove off and left the scene, basically. On the Douglas Road? On the Douglas West Road, you know, by Douglas Community School. The back, yeah, the the road into the back village, right. Yes. Uh, yes. Three o'clock in the afternoon. Yes, on the 16th last Thursday. So explain what happened. You you were stopped or driving slowly? Yeah, no, I was actually stopped at red light in my own world. I don't even know what I was doing, where I was looking. And the next minute, just whack out of nowhere. Bang. You know, and bang. And I mean, it wasn't a tip. It wasn't just, I, I think he kind of came around the corner and didn't even, he wasn't paying attention. That's what I think. He did hit me at speed. Um, the car propelled forward about six to eight feet. And I was just initially in shock, you know. Your was, car shifted eight feet? It did, yeah. Was there a car in front yeah. of you? No, thank God. No, I was, in, I was at the, the start of the queue. What happened next? Um, he kind of, you know, I, it took me a second to actually register what happened. Of course. And uh, I looked in the rearview mirror and I was like, he actually hit me. And he was just looking away, like it, pretending that it didn't happen. But these other ladies kind of made a fuss, the two lovely ladies. And they were like, are you okay, love? Are you okay? And I said, he hit me. And they said, we know. Are you okay? I was like, I, I am. I think I'm okay. I think I'm okay. And then he got out and he realized that they were talking to me. And he said, you're good. You're good. There's no damage done. And I said, excuse me, no apology, no nothing. You're good, you're good, immediately. And I said, excuse me, you just whacked the back of my car there. No, 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 but you're okay. There is no damage, so it's okay. I said, excuse me. I said, you gave me a fine whack there. I said, my car propelled so much forward, it conked out and everything. No, and then I got out, he, was, he walked away and he got into his car and I said, I have to get out here now and look. 
And I called him and I said, listen, I said, can I get your license and stuff? And, and I looked at his insurance and he, it was out since 2020. The insurance disc was 2020? Yeah. Yeah, and his insur- and his tax and his NCT, and I could see it. I said, "You have no insurance or anything." He said, "I do, I do." And I, I said, "Where is it?" He said, "I just need to renew it." I said, oh, "I have to call <laughs> the guard." Yeah, I, I just have to I renew do, it. I, I said, do, I just need to renew it since twenty yeah, twenty. Yeah, and Three I have years. a photograph of them and all. I, I took a photo because when I phoned the guard, she said, did you get his registration? I said, no. And she said, get it fast. So I did, thank God, I got the registration then and he just drove off. And I was just left there, like, shaking and so upset. And, and then it took the guards, like, you know, I know they're so up the walls, but I had to sit there for an hour then with the shock and the pain starting to kick in. And I, I just, it was just, you know, it's traumatic, Neil, it really was. And I'm driving 24 years. and I Were you? I'm not initially, but my God, now I am. I'm in agony. I've had to go to the physio and everything. And I, I know this isn't just going to go away overnight. I got whiplash in my back and my hip is sore. So, you know, it's just a shame. Like, I, I just feel really, I don't know, upset over it. So you are in pain, considerable pain. I am. And, and genuine, honest. No, pain, I, I, yeah. listen. The car moved eight. You were honest. you were static. He drove into you at yeah. speed. Moved the car exactly. eight feet. Exactly. I was stuck. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he like, are you standing next to his car when he reverses back and drives off? Yeah, well, I phoned the guard. When I was on the guard, then um, she said, look, try pulling off the street a bit if you can, because we were just blocking up. And I said, will I tell him do the same? And she said, yeah. I said, okay, thank you. I went, I said, no, the guard told me. I said, I'm just going to pull in. He said, okay, I'll pull in behind you, so... And he just went off then, because he couldn't actually pass me until I moved in a bit. So when you you moved, he legged it? He just legged it. Yeah, and then I said, maybe he'd park up there. Maybe he'd come back. You know, and you're, ah, no, no, he did not come back and there was no sign of him. And I haven't heard anything back from the guards now, so I have no idea if they have CCTV. Ah, but it was only, yes, when was it? It was only, oh, it's, a week. Week. it's a week no, now. It wasn't, yeah. I thought it was yesterday, Thursday, no, Thursday no, week. No, yeah. no, and was the car damaged? My car, the bumper is a bit, is a bit damaged. But, but you are injured. Said, I got the brunt of it, Neil. The car mightn't have looked, you know, the bumper is hanging off a bit, but it's not. All right, okay. It's, it's, it, like, the bumper did its job as the guard. The, the real issue here is that you have been hurt and that he was. Right, that's it. was shock of no, it. No insurance since 2020, no, no tax, no yeah. NCT. And how was he driving around in that car since 2020? How do you get away with it for three years? How do you get away with it? Now, how do you? Like, how come it hasn't been impounded in three years? What? I know, maybe the guard said maybe he just bought the car. And I said, okay, that would be great then because at least we'll be able to trace him, you know. But I can't get through to the guards now, so I have no idea what's happening with this. Right. And who on. did you, what guard station did you report it to? Well, initially, well, it was Glanmire, the guard in Glanmire took my first statement, but they said it would have to be Douglas guard station yeah. because the accident happened in Douglas. Yeah. And could I ask yeah. you, like, why were you contacting Glanmire, Gardy? I didn't. It was actually because I, I just rang 999. And they sent you. Oh, well, there you That's go. What, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ah, but yeah. you're like, he's going to, he's easily caught, like, isn't he? They, I mean, you have the reg. But they have the reg, which is a great thing, but that is probably not registered in his name, Neil. You think? I, I just don't know. Well, I mean, what are the odds of it? I just don't know. And at the time, I'm I said he could be driving an uninsured car that he never, ever insured. And go. somebody else's name is still on it. 
that's exactly what I'm thinking. And uh, you are going to have to, I mean, you want to get, obviously this is a sidebar, but you want to get the car fixed. So you, you know the Motor Insurance Bureau of Ireland, they pay out for uninsured drivers. Are you aware of that? I've heard of that, yeah. But I mean, it's just still going, if there's no proof, if there's no witnesses, I mean, you know, it's just really going to stand to me. You know what I'm saying? Um, I don't know because I've never dealt with. I've but never what about had a you? Okay, but like your insurance is going to ask for more money if you claim for the repair. But what, they want six hundred euro. For the, that's and I said, why should I have to pay that six hundred euro? You know, that's not fair. Like, why do they say they wanted six hundred euro? That's the excess. You know, the excess. It's very high, isn't it? Yeah, it's very high. Yeah. And what about the pain to your neck, your back, and your hip? When I'm seeing physio now, I'm not physio. Oh man, it's just shocking, isn't it? What a nutcase. I am insured, I just haven't renewed it. Christ almighty. There you go. And I said, that's 2020. That's three years, you know? You should be be getting back on to the guards and seeing if there's any update, you know? I can't. I'm actually, I'm trying to ring the state. I've tried to ring three of their stations now, Glanmire, Douglas and Toker, and I can't get an answer. For how long have you not been able to get an answer? Oh, well, just yesterday, because they said, give it a week if I haven't heard anything back from them. I love if this guy was caught, you know, I really would. That's what I want. It's not even anything else about the, you know, claiming or anything. It's just getting it. Why should he get away with that? No, he shouldn't get away with it. Absolutely should not get away with it. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you just feel really, what's the point in me? I'm paying a fortune out of my insurance and tax every year. And yeah, we, 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 I feel like why, why do we, and they, they get away with it then? Someone's been getting away with driving that car for four years without insurance tax or an NCT. Yeah, yeah. Well, I hope he is caught, and I hope, you know, and that's that's what I really want. I hate the thought of him getting around just what? because he was so rude. Would you please you know? come back and let us know the update if and when you get an answer at a Garda station? I will. Which is um, another story well, for another day. Would I be able to ask you if those ladies or listening or if anybody saw the accident last Thursday Absolutely. in Douglas you want to talk please to please please come forward and be a witness for me Absolutely Yes thank you Neil that Okay so Thursday to... afternoon 3 o'clock um, the back Douglas Road the, the, yeah, under the bridge under you know, the bridge just next to Douglas Calm yeah yeah okay yeah, yeah. if you saw anything yeah. if you're one of those two women get in touch with us and we'll pass on the details to you Julie they can text 0868 104 106 uh, people would love to hear an update to that story, though. Yeah, definitely. And I'd love to come back to you with good news. Please as well do. About it. Please do. Yeah. Okay. Thanks very much. Neil. Take care, Julie. All the best. You. If you can okay. help, please do so. You can also pick up the phone 0818104106. A free food Friday, remember, you should be texting 0868104106 or WhatsApping as well. We got shout outs on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Why do some of us get so panicky and uh, touchy-feely about an NCT date or a renewal of your motor tax or indeed renewing your insurance and doing it right when others don't give a blind, give it, make a blind bit of difference? They just couldn't care less. Anyway, different strokes. Um, oh, this is fabulous. I love this. My son Jackie is 10 years old. He's visually impaired. You actually spoke to him after he was on the Late Late Toy Show in 2020 about his love of snooker. I remember it, Annette. I remember talking uh, to your son, Jackie, back then. Jackie is a Braille and long cane user. 
Jackie has asked me, he's 10 years old now, Jackie has asked me to email you as he would like you to give a shout out to restaurants and bars that do food to see if any of them have braille menus. Jackie likes to be independent and he would like to be able to read a menu for himself. We live in Dripsy, so anywhere near the Cork City area would be fantastic. But if we knew of any restaurant, we would definitely travel to it. Looking forward to hearing from you, and hopefully Jackie can get the experience. And that's from his ma'am, Anne McCulloch, who emailed neil at redfm.ie. There must be restaurants out there that have Braille menus. It would be such a fantastic addition, wouldn't it, to have a Braille menu available. So, restaurants and bars, please, because Jackie wants to come calling, and he wants to go with his family, obviously, but he likes his own bit of independence, rather than somebody reading the menu for him or telling him what's on it. He wants to be able to do it himself with Braille. So, can you help us out on that? Text 0868104106. Meanwhile, it's a free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park, and the first bunch of shout-outs. AOC Commercials and Carrick Tool would love feeding to get them through the end of a very busy week. Everybody at Smurfit Kappa are on board. PFH and Little Island, particularly the Account Management Department. Pat McDonald paints of a new store on the Commons Road. And they're celebrating one of the store assistants getting engaged today. So a celebration lunch would be great. Donsworth Office Supplies in Forge Hill. Bridgewater Homes in Kerry Pike. Independent Express Cargo. TPN Cork and Little Island would love to win uh, to reward the warehouse staff and drivers and a good start to the weekend. Blockwall Developments in Ballanglana, Building Stone Cork and Dripsy, uh, Laura National School in Bandon, Cork English College are listening as well. Morning to Audrey, to the Hair Factory in Douglas who are on board, Quinlan's Motor Factors in Dennehy's Cross and Blackpool, Nalon's Cleaning Staff at St. Luke's Home in Mahan, definitely deserve it they believe, Keto Products, South Infirmary Patients Admission and Accounts, Joe Crowley Oils, Foley Plumbing, uh, Country Farm Supplies in Middleton, Gavin Arkill in Cross Barry, Maglin Grove Toker Family Centre for their amazing work. The Ursuline Secondary School in Black Rock. Good morning to Kelsey and everybody down there. Screw fix at the North Point Business Park. So we'll do another bunch of shout outs in about half an hour's time. So text who you are and where you are to 0868104106. Now, uh, I came across a very alarming story over the past couple of days um, and it involved a young mum called Emma who lost her son Miles suddenly on the 10th of January to cot death. He was only 12 weeks old. Now, it's tragic for her. Um, I caught up with Emma yesterday uh, and she told me the story about the passing of her lovely son. But there was a GoFundMe set up and a Facebook raffle set up and the proceeds of both of those were supposed to go to Emma to help her with the expense of the passing of her son, Little Miles. You know, funeral expenses and things like that. She didn't ask for it. It was suggested and it happened. Now, Miles was five pounds, one ounce when he was born in October of 2022 and he passed away on the 10th of January. So Emma's a young mum, right? Um, and uh, not the easiest conversation for her to go through yesterday with me, but I did catch up with her when we got off the air. It's very sorry to hear about the death of Miles. It's absolutely tragic and I know that you still must be suffering something awful, but just just share with us the story. Miles was born... In October of last year, wasn't that the case? Yeah, he was born on the 7th of October last year. And he weighed in at about five pounds, one ounce, I think, was it? Yeah, he was tiny. Tiny little thing. But you must have been so delighted and excited with his arrival. 
And was everything fine with him? Was he? Did he seem hale and hearty for the for the few months or, or what? Yeah, he was fine. Like he was born and he was so frail and delicate, and then he just turned into like he was a big fat monster. Like he was huge. But unfortunately, this is the nightmare that you went through. He passed away on the tenth of January. Yeah, he passed away to a sudden infant death, like a cost And and I was reading actually some things, some beautiful things that you wrote about his passing away and waking in the morning to find him. And I don't mean to over upset you to find him still warm and trying to convince yourself that he was still with you. Wasn't that the case? That must have been awfully yeah. tr- tragic for you. Yeah, I really thought he was bad. Like, cause, like he'd often like he was warm with it myself. But, but how how are you coping? I don't know to be honest. I'm just just going with it. Does not like him. Nothing's ever going to bring him back or nothing like that. Like I know. It's just tragic, the little mite, little Miles, yeah. little Miles. Your little best friend, I think you said. He was going to be your little best friend for life. Yeah. But to have, but to what, to have what happened after that is just so awful. But we need to wind the clock back, don't we, to when you were in hospital leading up to the birth of your baby. Isn't that right? Yeah. Um, like, I knew, I would have known of her, but I didn't actually know her, if that made sense. Okay. okay. But, and I never talked to her then until we were inside hospitals got to have our babies. I had mine at quad to four in the morning and then she had her baby then at, um, I don't know what time it was now, but it was just a few hours later, I'm sure it was during the day. And were you chatting and kind of getting along, kind of in a friendly way? Yeah. Yeah, that was just standing outside, just talking to each other and that was kind of it, like. And when, when did the suggestion of setting up a GoFundMe and, and a raffle online come about? Was it after Miles passed away? Yeah, I'm sure it was either that night or the morning after. I can remember that because I can remember it was one of my friends said it to me and she was like, Miles wasn't even cold yet and they had a, a GoFundMe up for him already. Like, and it's true. Like. But did anybody, did anybody approach you to say we would like to set up a GoFundMe or have a raffle to help you with... Yeah. Funeral costs. Yeah, they text me, but they didn't give me a chance to even text back. Like, my phone blown up messages. They text me, and I said, about four minutes later, there was a GoFundMe put up. And I've seen screenshots of the GoFundMe, Emma, and it looks to me like it has a photograph of Little Miles. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, there's a photograph of him, and there was a photograph as well on her Facebook when she'd done the raffle. Where did they get the photograph of your little son? Um, it must have been my Facebook. It's the only thing I can think of, really. Like okay, and you know, with fundraisers or with GoFundMe's, there there's a, a reason as to why somebody sets it up. What did they say the reason was? Uh, they said it was to help with his uh, funeral costs and everything like that. Like, but it's not even the fact that I want the money or I need the money or anything like that. It's just the fact that she's not going to be able to use my poor baby's pictures to gain money for herself. Okay, and I'll come to that part in a few minutes' time, if you don't mind. How did you feel when you saw and heard that somebody was being so kind as to set up a GoFundMe and a raffle to help you in your times of need, bearing in mind that you were a very young mother mourning the loss of your son? How did you feel about that? I was delighted when I seen it first, like, and there was people who I didn't even know, like, even teachers from years ago that were donated into us, and I just thought it was mad, like, and then I kept just asking, oh, I'd ask her, and like, oh, when are you meeting me and stuff? And she met me, 
with 300 and she told me that that was from the raffle on her Facebook but then once it started to come out then when I said a question like how do you still not have it that's then when she changed that the 300 was from the GoFundMe when I looked at the GoFundMe, and correct me if I'm wrong here, because I want to get things right, it it said something in the region of about eight hundred euro had been. Yeah, yeah. I think it was eight ten, eight ten. Okay. I think eight, you're saying it was eight hundred and ten, and the raffle yeah. apparently is this an online raffle? Tell me how that works. Four hundred. That was fourteen hundred and thirty euro. Yeah, like those bingo raffles that are on Facebook. It's like five or a number. Okay. And uh, people were doing that, and she was doing like five or a number, and. Whoever, whatever number comes out gets 100 euros, they can give it back and give it to mine. And did you see but, that the raffle raised 1,430 euro? Yeah, because it was meant to be, everyone was meant to donate like a five or each, but there were a lot of people just not even taking it over and saying, oh yeah, putting 20 euro, putting 50 euro, putting 100 euro. Okay, okay. So that kind of way it wasn't, I said it was only about four or five people that actually bought an actual five euro ticket. So in total, it seems to be 2,240 euro was actually raised yeah. between the two of them. Yeah. And, and then the GoFundMe ends and what happens is the GoFundMe gets closed and the money gets transferred to whomever yeah. the GoFundMe was for. Did any of that happen but with either the raffle or the, or the GoFundMe? She withdrew like 263, I think it was, from the GoFundMe. It was a weird price. It was like 263 and 12 cents or something like that. It was strange. Right. And um, that, and then there was another girl. Then she um, is like the verifier of it, and she just texted me. She was like, "Oh yeah." She, she just asked for a code. She said she was giving you money. So I just said, "Yeah," because I thought that's what the three hundred was like. And then she told me, "No, it was from the raffle." So doing an investigation now, and there was a two six three taken out, and then there was whatever was left. Then was still pending to go into whoever's account, but they were able to get that back. But they need her ID before they can do anything. And, she won't send on a picture of her ID. And you've been, as if you haven't got enough to get on with. This, I'm, sure, I'm sure this isn't actually about the money, is it? No, not at all. Not at all. Is it more about the disrespect to your late son who passed away? Yeah. Yeah, like if that was to sit there and get burnt in front of me, to get me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't care once I know it's not in her hands. And like if it's never come back to me, I don't care. I really do not care about the money. It's just the fact that she's using my baby switches to get money for. I don't know where it's gone, but obviously gone to her account. Like, and, w- and when you when you contact her, and I'm quite sure others have been contacting her as well, wondering where all the money came. Firstly, where it all came from, and then where it all went. What does she say? She just keeps saying, "Oh, she don't know. She's nothing. I've got to to go from me." And then when I ask about the raffle thing, then she just starts going on about the GoFundMe. She just keeps completely avoiding questions. You've probably seen the anyway in the text. I've seen lots and lots and lots of texts. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm just curious, at the end of the day, the money has not been transferred over and, you know, nearly, know. nearly 2,000 of it is unaccounted for. Yeah. Her Facebook has gone mental bingos ever since Miles has died. Okay, I can't account for any of that. What I'm trying to account for yeah. is the raffle that was put on to raise money for you. Oh yeah, that that raffle was done in about two days. Like the numbers were full. She'd add on like loads of numbers. Like she did, she made it go from me because I think she was after going out to the maximum amount of text after like you're allowed to put up on Facebook. Okay, but you, you would then download the money into your own bank account after the raffle raises money, yeah? Yeah, she would have sent it on to me. Yeah, right. But she didn't send you any money from the raffle? 
No, I don't understand why you shouldn't just put my bank card there in the first place anyway. A lot of people would genuinely have helped and given their own money thinking it was going towards you and, and perhaps yeah. and perhaps the, the funeral costs or whatever for baby Miles. Yeah. Like, I just don't understand it. Like, if if she wants to do it, then fair enough. Like, but follow through with it, like. And where are you at with her now? I mean, have you <clears throat> have you given up on contacting? I mean, when you... When you ask her, say, for instance, where did the GoFundMe money go? What's the answer? The GoFundMe has nothing got to do with me. What did she say when... Well, she set it up, didn't she? Yeah, but then I changed over then to my friend's bank account like last week so that the money got to her account. So now she's saying that she's not at all got to do with it because her card's not up anymore. So could the money still be available and... Open for yeah, you I'll, to... I'll have the, I'll be able to get the whatever's left from the two six three, but they have to do a whole investigation. But we need her ID, but she will not give her ID. She just keeps saying, "Why should I have to give my ID?" And the one thousand four hundred and thirty for the raffle. Where does she say that yeah. all went? I keep asking her that, and every time I ask her, she just goes on about go for me. And did you post online then, just saying that you? are so angry and upset that somebody would do this to you and also to the memory of your son. Yeah, I did. I put up and I was just saying, thanks everyone who donated, but it just never came into my hands. How did people react to that? They weren't happy with it at all. And there was loads of other people as well giving out. Like, I know there's some stupid things now, like, but she owed money as well for bingo rasp on Facebook. And there was loads of people that she never done nothing with did somebody contact you after you posted online offering you money to take the post down? Yeah, her boyfriend offered me 500 euro to take it down. 500 euro to take the post down. Did he Did yeah, he say to, why? No, just to delete a post. He wanted me just to delete it. What did you say to that? I said no. I said, so why, why should I delete it? I was like, if you 500 euro for me to delete a post, then you obviously have my baby's money. So is this where it ends now that somebody would do something so horrid, uh, walk away, make up excuses and, you know, nothing to do with me, don't know what happened. But yet in the earlier text that I saw, she clearly tells you that she wants to do this. She wants to set it up. She wants to help you. Yeah, that's what I don't understand. She's back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. How does that leave you feeling? Like I just don't know what to do. Like I'm just out of options now. Like I've tried everything I could to get the money off her, and she just won't do it. Like, and it's really not doing me the money at the end of the day. It's just she's not getting my baby's money. Like, and, and like I haven't even seen that girl since the hospital. Your family aware of what's happened? Yeah. Yeah, they must be as upset as you are. Yeah, they are. You know, you have other things to be dealing with because it's it's only weeks since Miles passed away yeah that's it like and it feels like yours you poor thing I know I know I'm genuinely really really sorry for you it's just so sad that you would lose a son so young himself and so young yourself and for this to happen then where it would appear as if somebody made money out of your grief and your tragedy yeah I just don't know why she do it like is it a Garda issue um, I don't even know if they could even do anything because I'm sure I don't know if Facebook raffles if you're going to do them or anything like that like they'll probably just tell them that 
they can't do nothing like she said that she was going down to her guards the guards herself loads of times but I never heard nothing and she was told me that she was down in the bank as well one night at nine o'clock but I don't know how that's possible. Well, you know, I mean, listen. You can listen to all of the stories in the world, but if you didn't get yeah. the, if you didn't get the money, then you know what's going on. Yeah. You know, it's very simple. You know, you raise yeah, the money, like you it. hand over the money, you do what you said you were going to do. Yeah. I'm so and so. I don't know why she thought that it'd just be oh easy to get away. Like everything's in her name. Like, so I don't understand why she even tried it. Like, yeah, yeah. Hard to believe how you would get away with it, you know? Yeah, I don't know what even I don't know who would even think about doing it like. Well, on on the basis of what you're telling me, Emma, it's one of the worst things I've ever heard anybody do to another individual, particularly a grieving young yeah. mother. I'm so sorry to hear your story. If if there are any developments, will you let us know because all people listening will be very angry and upset. Yeah, I will. Okay, we'll look after yourself for now, Emma. All right, so you too. Thanks very much. Bye. Bye. It's very cruel, isn't it? It really is. Poor Emma, suffering the loss of her little baby son, Miles, and for something like that to happen. Um, I, I think it was in and around when I totaled it all up between the GoFundMe and the raffle, €2,240 in total. It's just so, so sad that somebody would be so cruel. It's an awful thing to do. And it just goes to show, uh, like anybody can set up a GoFundMe. Um, it, it's kind of open season, you know, and uh, people are very kind and then they're very generous and they contribute to GoFundMe's. But are we ever 100% sure that everyone that's up there is, is legit and what have you? And clearly, you know, if if the money was raised and it's evident to see it in the raffle, and I've seen screenshots of that and also the, I've seen the screenshot of the GoFundMe and you total them up to, I totaled it to 2,240 euro in total. So that money exists and you can come up with every single excuse under the sun. It's not my fault. It's not my problem. Somebody else's, like none of that matters at the end of the day. You know, it was set up um, and, uh, you know, it's not as if Emma was ever looking for it. It's just so sad that people would do that to a young mother or to anybody like that. But it reminds me of, I don't know, do you recall Dobby the cat? There was a GoFundMe set up there some years back for a cat out in Vietnam. I don't remember the people involved in it now, but I just remember the name of the cat was Dobby. And the whole thing was to get Dobby from Vietnam to, to Ireland. There was a big GoFundMe uh, behind that at the time. And 10 grand was raised. Now, I'm open to correction on this, but I believe that was the end of the story. Um, now, if any, if there was an update, I haven't seen any updates. The 10 grand was raised. I'm assuming, um, you know, that it was, it's not still sitting in the GoFundMe. Uh, but there was no other follow-up story. I mean, you know, Dobby didn't come home. The guy who uh, had Dobby as the pet, to my best of my knowledge, didn't do anything, didn't come home. Uh, there was no updates. I Googled it again this morning uh, and there's nothing, there's not a single update on it um, since uh, the GoFundMe. Uh, and that would have been, oh my God, that must have been, what, three years ago anyway, maybe a little bit more. Um, and I remember at the time, even when we were examining it, actually the date of the story was uh, August of 2021, so about a year and a half ago. But I remember just kind of drilling into the story a little bit and, you know, the people involved in it got a bit charty with me and, you know, like there's nothing to see here. Why are you looking at suspiciously? What's your problem? But but ultimately, if the 10 grand was raised and Dobby the Hat Cat didn't come back, <laughs> well, obviously... We should have been, and rightly were, suspicious. It got it got fairly irate at one stage, but that's GoFundMe for you. Back after the break. Get it off your chest. 
Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818-104-106, Red FM. And text 0868-104-106. I'm going to go back to the story of Paul Cambridge that I was telling you about earlier on this morning. Um, I spoke to Paul Cambridge on air on this programme about six months ago. Uh, and when I saw the story in Cork Bio, I said, Crikey, I wonder how he's been because things have not got any better for him since we last spoke. Um, but apparently, in the meantime, his phone was robbed, so he had a new phone number. Um, so thank you to Cork Bio for providing me with uh, Paul Cambridge's number. He joins me by phone. Paul, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? I'm grand. But listen, what is it, about six months since we spoke? You were in a tent on the Lee Road, I think, at the time, weren't you? Uh, yeah, at the time I was out in a tent on the Lee Road. But um, the epilepsy, you know, has gotten to a stage where um, I can't really leave myself out in the road or anything like that so um, I got a buddy of mine got a new car and um, he let me stay in his old one You borrowed his old car and moved from the tent into the car on the keys of Cork Yeah exactly just um, just so it'd be a bit safer for myself for the seizure wise but So if anything things have not got any better for sure and your seizures have got worse in the last since we spoke six months ago Yeah exactly it's just seems to be on a spiral downhill like it's it's like I keep going out to the city hall and stuff like that asking for help but I'm just getting sent on a wild goose chase really to be honest Can I just recap if you don't mind because I remember when we were chatting uh, you were telling the story and and you're retelling the story of course to to Cork Bio Online that you had a full-time job, you were chefing, you had your own little, you called it your own little beautiful place, you'd been renting for two years. What happened? Um, I was living up in uh, my place and, geez, I was working away a happy out, as you know, and um, my my lease was going to be extended and when it was meant to be extended, my landlord came to me and told me that he was actually going to uh, sell the place so that's how I lost my place originally. How long then, ago was that? It was about it was about a year and a half, two years ago. Year and a half to two years ago, and was that the start of things falling apart? Yeah, that that was the very start of things falling apart, and um, I was I was after asking for a couple of days off, you know, for work from uh, just just so I could get my stuff sorted, and I got evicted. And a day I was told, no problem, take your time or whatever. And when I came back then, I got told that I was being let go simply because um, I got, and I was something stupid. It was like that I couldn't get paid without having a dress or something like that, something not to do with my pay slips. But that is beyond cruel to do that to somebody who has already just been evicted from their home. I know, I know, but John, I, I, I didn't even think that to do anything about it like at the time it was just you know everything just went downhill and then after hearing that I didn't even think about taking it further or anything like that because I know for a fact that I could still have a job in there because what they'd done So that resulted then on you being uh, homeless no roof over your head no job you take to the tent um, spend some time there your buddy then gives you a car you move all your belongings and your two dogs, Mike and Cunningham, into the car with you. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, like I, I'm con- like I can't, can't constantly walk and no. 
Is it freezing cold though? I mean, come on, you're on, you're on, even close to the river makes it even colder again. Yeah, I know, I'm just sorry now, I'm just, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, no, it, it, it gets really, really cold. It's like, it, I can, I can actually feel my feet like sting there sometimes. Sting? Yeah, no, like, I generally can. It's it to be freezing cold. Like, I'd be sitting in the car and now and I'd see the, um, the ice fan, like, that, that throws the ice out in the roads and I'd see them pass and I'd be like, oh, no, tonight's going to be a cold one. Oh, man, stop, will you? And, you know, it's, it's just not fair. Like, it's, I can't do anything. Like, I, like seeing everyone then going out enjoying themselves and, you know, me trying and pushing to do everything that I can for my life, it's just, it, it's hard to again, see people enjoying themselves, really, if you get what I mean. You know, when you talk about the epilepsy seizures getting more frequent, are, are they are they quite harsh? The seizures. They they can be and they can't be. Like I've I've got um, a couple of different types of epilepsy, and um, it all it, it all depends really on which seizure that I'm on which seizure that I get. But uh, usually, they usually last about uh, five to seven minutes. And is it true that the dogs know when this bad seizure is coming on? They can sense it before you? Uh, yeah, I've had a dog there now for a while and um, uh, she she kind of knows if I'm going to have a seizure and she then, I make this weird kind of groaning noise before a seizure without knowing and it's like she knows that it's going to happen and just she just starts crying. And if I was to have a seizure, then she'd come over and lie down with me and make sure that I'm okay until I have the seizure and stuff. Are you serious? Oh yeah, that that's serious, and they would, she would never train like that or anything. She'll come over to you and lie next to you. Yeah, and put her head up on top of my shoulder because I actually had um I was getting out of the car uh, the other day, and then um, I I actually had a seizure as I was stepping out of the car, and uh, the dog jumped out the front door, and she stood down like I slid down at the sides of the car. And she jumped out and stood outside and sat down in front of me and put her head on my shoulder until I was done having it. In one way, that's such a beautiful thing, but it's heartbreakingly sad as well. It is. Like, there's, you know, there's been times now where I've had seizures in, out in the street and stuff like that, and people would see and I have never once gotten help from someone, even asked if I was okay afterwards, or, you know, rang an ambulance. But you're going to be shaking and, uh, you know, like seizures are, are quite obvious. They can look quite violent. Like the, you, know, you can tell yeah. that, you know, that this is not somebody who just fell over, somebody who's who's langers or has taken a speed wobble or something. Be, yeah, why, exactly. why, why wouldn't people, because you could choke or you could swallow your tongue or anything. Yeah, could anything could happen when you have a seizure, to be honest. But I, I, I really don't know. It's, it's, it's like they're just, it's like the whole world has changed with, with people. It's just no one seems to want to help anymore, to be honest. I, that's the way I see it anyway. So how do you cope with regards to food or money or keeping yourself clean or clothing and things like that? Um, so like, um, food-wise now and stuff like that, uh, uh, over in the Keys here, there's... Um, a homeless place I am, I'm not sure the name I think it's just called Homeless Cork or something like that that's right um, 
they helped me out now a lot as well and uh, people from Penny Dinners um, would come the odd few times out uh, to the car and uh, drop food off. Would you go to Penny Dinners for a hot dinner or anything like that? No, I'd never go there. Like, it's, I, like to be honest, I rarely, rarely ever eat, to be honest. I was sober in my head and stuff like that. I just, I just don't eat. But you know the fact that you're not eating and the stress and the anxiety and worry that you're going through, that's making the epilepsy worse. Yeah, it's making it ten times worse. Like, like I've gone for help about my mental health and stuff like that, but I just, I, it's, I just keep getting sent around and around, and I try and explain that it's going to affect my epilepsy, but no one listens. Okay. I'll pick up on that part of the conversation if you're available to chat again just after 11. Are you all right with that? Yeah, yeah, of course. No Thanks, problem. Paul. Okay, man, we'll, we'll continue the chat after 11. Thank you. Text 0868104106. Back after 11. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench. Every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. I'm going to finish my conversation with Paul, who's living in a friend's buddy's car on the Keys. Um, Paul, can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly. Do you get any? Do you get any grief in the car? Because uh, you're there every night, and it would be busy with people passing by. Um, like usually no. There's a lot of young people passing by, and. They're they're okay. They're fine. Like they they look in and they see there's someone in the car and there's no problem. But there's the the odd few people then that will be kind of a bit more grown than the teenagers and um, they they just, they come up and they physically put their hands in the car and they're staring in the car at me and just wouldn't move or they'll end up like knocking on the car and just like moving and stuff like that. But there was one time I right and. I heard people banging on the back of the car and I thought it was just the dog so I took no notice of it and I heard it again and I got back out of the car and um, I, I looked behind the car and there was two people lying down behind the car with um, a strap on around their arm ready to do drugs. God almighty, you see it all there, man, don't you? It's, it's, it's a joke. Like I, and do you know what? It, even though I've got two dogs, like it would still turn you off and still worry you having to go to sleep you know, like that there's yeah well, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be in fear of your safety like anybody could come along and be banging the car shouting and roaring at you trying to open the doors and things like that exactly that, 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 that's it like and it's just it, it's just really really tough when, when, when people see you like, like that and they just come up and you can do nothing about it like yeah, I know when we when we spoke last, because people would be wondering about family, but uh, as as much as to say, um, is the, the family situation isn't great, you can't go there, um, and it's best to leave it at that, you're on your own. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but, like, does anybody, like, did the guards call? Do they, do they come along and wonder what you're doing there? Does, does any, do homeless services come along? Anything like that? Yeah, like... <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, there's a guard now. I can't remember his name, but um, prefer not to know his name if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, but he he's seen me now one time in the car, and um, he's been coming out to me ever since, and you know, just checking up with me and just having a chat with me and asking me is there any news in my situation, and you know, just keeping an eye on me and stuff like that. 
it's important to say that for people who are critical of Vanguardia Shikana that the human side of it um, is just incredible. Like they are, they they, they do care on a on a on a one to one basis, right? Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, no, definitely. Like, but what about Simon or, or what about Vincent? Nothing happening there? No, nothing really. But to be honest, I wouldn't kind of go into Simon, to be honest, with all the stuff going on okay. in there. Okay. And especially me having epilepsy, it, it just kind of puts a big target on my back in a place like that. I know when we spoke last, we spoke about your medication. I mean, are you, do you, are you still buying your medication? Do you have to pay for it? Are you still using it? Um... Right. Uh, so, like I, like I was saying, I suffer my mental health as well. And um, the way I see it is, I've got my dogs and they're everything to me. And I just, I, you know, I'm just so sick of everything that I don't want to physically be here anymore with the whole home situation. So, I suffer very bad with my mental health and I, and I stopped taking my meds because I don't want to physically do something to me, but because I can't, because I can think too much of the dog. But if I stop taking my meds, then I'm going to get a seizure and something will happen to me. Um, and you see, that, that I'm okay with that then. And that, you, don't, that, you don't want to die, surely. I mean, it, it, it's, it's been on my mind plenty, plenty of times. Like I've, I've been signed into hospital with, for this kind of situation now before. And I've... I, I've reached out to him and told him how I felt again and again and to the whole thing. And all they're telling me to do is to come in and talk to someone. But I've tried that and it doesn't really help to go in and talk to someone about my problems to be sent back out right into the same problem. <sighs> it's point- no, I mean, it is a step in the right direction, all right, but not to be going back then to living with your two dogs in a car. I mean, if you could get a roof over your head, right? You can restart your life again then. You're only 22. You know, I think when we, you know, when, when this started, like you were 19, 20 years old. But it, like at 22, you're so young. You're, you know, um, you could be working again. You could be chefing again. You could be making money again. Exactly. And that, that, that's all I want to do, honestly. Like I've said it to so many people that I talk to. Like it, all I want to do is just <clears throat> settle down and settle down in life and just get a job start the family and just be happy like because when you wake every morning it must be like as if you you think you've woken from a nightmare to find that it's the reality yeah no like like I said to Cork B I know like it feels like that every day is just a nightmare and and that I'm just going to wake up from the dream soon because like it's all the crap that I'm just going through and it, just it would wear you down. One thing after another, like it just, none of it kind of feels real or anything like that. I don't know how you survive mentally, never mind physically, the freezing cold. Nights can be freezing cold. And you're, yeah, in, no, you're, you're, in, a, you're in a small little metal box. The dogs, yeah. might, the dogs might be suffering as well. Yeah, no, like it, what? it does get fairly cold. Like, yeah. What but, do you do for money though? Because the dogs need feeding and things like that. Is there any money? I mean, have you got any welfare payment? Uh, yeah, I do for um, the, my for the what is it the disability payment. disability yeah because you uh, have a month's rent don't you yeah you see I was on I was I was with hats and stuff in my in my old place and when I moved out I got an email from them saying that look if I find a place privately that they're willing to pay the first month's rent or the deposit and stuff like that. 
So it, it is there, like. So the, the deposit is there. If you could just find somewhere to live, somewhere small, yeah. somewhere nice and little tidy, you know. We used to call them bedsits years ago. Anything would do. Yeah, I you know once it's a roof over my head, I don't care what it looks like. And then you yeah. can start rebuilding your life again. Exactly, yeah. And you know what? That's all I want. Like it, I just want to. I just want someone to help me get my foot from the door, so I can keep going. I know. I know. And do you think of others that are getting help while you're not? Oh, of course. Like, um, like there's there's plenty of others out there now that are in my situation. Young people like me. Have you met others like you on the streets like you are? Uh, yeah, I have. And um, there was one time there and I was just walking with the dogs and then I was coming back to the car and there was actually a young fella asleep down the laneway up the back of the courthouse. And it, it, I'm just seeing more and more young people. Like, Did you chat age. with them? I chatted away with him. And he actually came over to the car and we were chatting for an hour or two. Similar story to yours? Uh, yeah, m- more or less. It was a um, family situation at home he had and um, he, just, he had nowhere else to go. What did so, they say to you at the uh, at, at City Hall? I mean, like when, they, when, when they see me coming into City Hall, they're, they're throwing their eyes up at me. When I, like, I, I'm going in there so much now that like I'm not like, I'm asking, but like I'm kind of giving out as well in a way because I'm just so sick of things. You're just getting annoyed by the and, whole thing. Yeah. You know, they're just running me around in circles, telling me that. Um, so I've been in there every day, and they, they they tell me like, "Oh, you've never came in here before. You're not even on. You're not even on the council list, or there's nothing there for you." It is always stupid excuses. But you are going in, like, so there would be a record uh, about it, yeah. I am going in. I'm I'm writing letters to them all, like okay. all the head people in there and everything. Yeah. When was the last time you slept in a bed? <laughs> um, I, oh, a really long time. Got out of the bed and had a hot shower. Went downstairs, cooked a hot meal. I really, I really, really can't remember that. I can't remember the last time I've done that, and that's that's the honest truth. It's shocking that people have to live in conditions like this amongst others who have uh, nice homes and comfortable beds to sleep in at night knowing that on the streets of Cork there are others sleeping in tents or sleeping in doorways or sleeping in borrowed cars, isn't it? That's it. It's tough. I've I've had someone come up to me now and um, they asked me my situation and um, they, they tell me then that I'm not homeless and um, that they're actually homeless because they're living in a hotel at the moment while they're building a house. I mean, you just you just have stupid people. But that's just a stupid thing to say that someone living in a car with two dogs on the keys of Cork isn't homeless. I mean, that's just I would ignore that kind of ignorant comment. Yeah, it's pathetic. It's hard for you to ignore it because it would play. It would weigh you down. I know that. That's it. It's you know every little, every little bad thing that's said really kind of hits in times like this. So you take help if you could get it. Oh, in a heartbeat. And whatever because you get, whatever you got, you would respect and look after. Oh, of course. Like I, I've got good references and everything from my previous landlord. 
You see, you okay. couldn't go chefing and going back to living in a car. You need to get the place to live first and then get the job and then off you go again. Yeah, because it, it, it comes with say, don't worry, really don't know how much more the car you can take. I can understand that. You've been through a shocking winter and it's not over yet. And the seizures then, like, I have no cartilages, cartilage in my knees or anything because of the seizures. And it's just bone on bone and, you know, the cold then comes in and... Oh, sure, listen, I mean, say you mustn't be, you must be hardly sleeping at night and the days must seem very long. But that's exactly the way it is. Yeah, yeah. They drag out and it's just, I don't know, it's just very hard to explain how... How difficult and awkward it actually really is. I know. There's fierce inequality in the world, fierce inequality even in this part of the world, sadly, uh, when people like yourself and others are just forgotten like that. You're only exactly. 22 years old. I hope to God somebody might be listening that might be in a position to help turn your life around, you know? I think it would be great Absolutely. if that could be achieved. I know, because you see, like, I've tried emailing like, like the TDs now and stuff like that. I, I won't say no names, but I've meant, I've, uh, emailed certain TDs and I've been told by them that uh, they can't help me and stuff like that and when I, when I know I'm e- emailing the right TD and stuff that they just keep telling me oh, uh, and we can't help you or oh, go to City Hall I mean like if the people who are meant to help you can't even help you who who could who can't help you like Well you are going to City Hall um I mean, like there, you know, listen, it's, it, you know, it won't come as any consolation to you, but they can find hotels and they can find guest houses and they can find holiday homes and everything else like that for, for people in need. Uh, but yet, uh, nothing for, for you for nigh on two years now, even longer than two years. I hope somebody's listening that might be able to help. I really do. And if they can, maybe they might pick up the phone and get in touch. Um, we're, we're okay to call City Hall on your behalf just to query um, or to shake the tree and see what comes back? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. Listen, um, how are the dogs? Uh, they're happy. Okay? They're just sitting up there and they're back listening to the conversation. Okay. Just on a just on a final note, and to, to leave at least on some happy note, it's a fellow called Brendan has Dusty's dog grooming in Balafihan, and he wants um, to look after and give a bit of TLC and grooming and care to the dogs, right? I really appreciate that. I think it would be a lovely thing. The dogs would love it, and I know that you would love it. It's a kind gesture. If we give you his number, will you give him a bell? Yeah, yeah, of course. I really appreciate that. Okay, okay. And you'd never know who might be listening to our conversation that might be able to make a difference and help you out, okay? Yeah, no, exactly. And look, I really appreciate you taking time out of day to take my father. Ah, come on, man. Give me a break. You know, it's the other way around. You know, you're the one that's living in straightened times. Stay in touch, Paul, and I'll be back to you if there's any update, all right? I really appreciate it, Neil. Take care for now, Paul Cambridge. Uh, anybody want to contribute to that story or to help in any way, shape, or form, text 0868104106. Thank you. 0868104106. Gorks Red FM. Free Food Friday shout outs, courtesy of yourselves and Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Morning to everybody at GRP Roofing Supplies on the Tremor Road. Easy Living Interiors down in Little Island for the Friday feeling. Topman's Barbers in Balancholic. Honey Brown Hair in Balancholic. Street Angels Haven Cafe on Bachelor's Key would love some feeding for their staff and the friends who call regularly morning Hazel and thank you for your intervention yesterday the Walsh group in Laps Key there's 10 of them in the office they'd love food for uh, 
A nice start to the weekend. Linden Dental in Carrigaline, working hard, making people smile. Making them smile properly, I suppose. Uh, Turners Cross Pharmacy and Medical Centre. Uh, morning to all of you. Middleton Credit Union, the two Carolines, Jackie and Laura, uh, struggling on the first week of Lent and they need to pick me up. But you give up, incidentally, if anything. Area Carpets and Floors, Dupuy, Lehan Motors of the Airport Road. Morning to Aideen, Melissa and Aiden. DWG on the Tremor Road. The South Infirmary Wages and Salary Department. Very important. I'd say you're popular today, the last Friday. CGI Cold Store in Middleton, Drumahan National School, Rockwell Engineering in Claheen, the Endoscopy Ward in the Matter of Private in Citygate, Morning Antone, uh, Dermody Dental Practice, Barry Joyce Coles, loud and clear at the tip top of Fairhill Hill, keeping the north side warm, Murphy Laboratories in Watergrass Hill, Union Hall Smoked Fish, Kirby Car Dismantling, everybody at Shornock Childcare and Tower, Ross Oils in Fermar in Fernands. Marion Pharmacy in Friars Walk and just one or two more Future of Frames in Bandon St. Killian's Special School in Mayfield are listening JK Paints and Decorating Scannell's Pharmacy in Ballinine and TIS Fire Stopping would love some free food um, to get them through the day uh, so we'll do one more bunch of shout outs this side of uh, midday then we'll pick a winner courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park and you will receive food that will feed up to 15 to 20 of you. Chicken wings to start with chicken skewers and beef skewers and then the main events, chicken wraps, chicken pittas and very tasty beef burgers basted in the famous piri piri sauce. Uh, for sides, piri salted fries, rice and waffle fries and then you get all the mayo, the different kind of mayo and you build your own cheesecake then with lots of different toppings. So to feed up to 20 of you for sure, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool. You can check them out at roostersperipiri.com. So one more bunch of shout outs this side uh, of midday. We got calls on the way, text 0868104106 but do you remember I was talking uh, earlier in the week about people who are solo travellers who go way off on hulls on their own. There's some serious upsides to it, right? Um, and we chatted about it earlier in the week. Uh, I'm going to throw a little prize into this for early next week to come up with the best solo travel adventure. People who do it, love doing it, and would only do it. Um, like, for instance, Betty. I believe, Betty, I was due to talk to you earlier in the week and ran out of time, so my apologies for that. Okay, Neil, that's okay, no problem. But good day to be talking to about people going on holidays on a Friday morning. So, where did you go? Did you go Shanks Mayor on your own? I did, I did. I went to New Orleans uh, about seven years ago and I wasn't a spring chicken now, Neil. I was 62. Right. But no one was interested in going and I said, feck it, off I'm going. Who did you ask? Like family members, friends and stuff? I asked friends and stuff and my sister, I used to always travel with her. She wasn't interested. So my son-in-law, Paul... He booked everything for me and I took off on my own. Okay, to New Orleans, although the people that live there say Nolans. Nolans. <laughs> New Orleans. Nolans. Yes. So was there, a, was was there a specific reason to go there? Well, I tell you now, when I used to be looking at it on the television with the Mardi Gras, um, I wanted to go when that was on, and that's all um, around Easter and Lent. Yeah, yeah. The Mardi Gras means Fat Tuesday. And because people then, on Wednesday, they start, like, cutting out their food and stuff like that. So the Mardi Gras is all around Lent and fasting Just a big and indoor like and outdoor party of food all and music and jazz and party, blues and stuff. All party. It was absolutely brilliant. So where did you fly it was from? Brilliant. 
I flew from Dublin and I think I had two or three flights before I landed in New Orleans and I stayed there for five days and then I took a bus and I went down to Memphis, Tennessee. <laughs> I did, down to Graceland. Did you visit down Graceland? Down to see the king. Down to see the king. I loved it. And did you do the tour of Graceland's indoor I actually really done the tour. I done the tour of Graceland's. And then I went into the city and I done the Martin Luther King tour. Go away. Because that's what, yes. And down Beale Street. Amazing. all the, um, it was, uh, it was fantastic. And Graceland's the house, because a buddy of mine, Kieran Barry, is a big Elvis fan, has been there a few times. He says it's trapped in the 70s inside, is it? Oh my God, trapped in the 70s. They had, I mean, the bathroom and everything never changed. The house never changed. The grounds were fantastic. Do you know, it was, it was absolutely brilliant. But did the interior of a house saying, like that, splendid and all as it was, look a bit gaudy with the, the you know... Oh, the, God, yeah. Yeah. And I stayed right across the road from it in um, Elvis Presley Boulevard. Get away. And at night, and at night, Neil, when I used to have a few drinks, I'd just stand out by the gate and I'd look over and I'd blast into song. So, it's fair to say no more than this, that you would have been in your early 60s at that stage. I was 62. And you go out and socialise, no problem, have your few jars and you always felt safe. I always felt safe, but I always made sure I was home early. I'd only have two or three drinks and I'd always make sure I'd have my route ready for coming home. You know, I'd either get a bus home or a taxi home and I'd come very near where I lived. You know, where I stayed. I'd come very, very near where I stayed. Yeah, because, you know... You'd, I would be aware. Yeah, and w- what were what were family and friends saying that... You... Oh, shocked. My, my, my kids to be shocked at me. My daughter says, Ma'am, there'll be nothing left in the pot when you die. I said, and rightly so, they won't. There's no point. There's no hitch with a horse. No, so from God, Tennessee no. then to Nashville, I believe, is it? I went to Nashville then. It was fantastic. <laughs> Party central. <laughs> Party Do you meet interesting her. people? I actually did. You meet loads when you're travelling on your own. I mean, they know you're Irish. They love the Irish. Go away. Everywhere you go, they love the Irish. And especially then when you're a woman of my age, they'd all just kind of look at you and probably see maybe their mother or their grandmother or something. <laughs> and it always like, oh, see Always. <laughs> It's amazing, isn't it? And is that is that something that you'd do again? Have you another trip planned? Oh, I went to New York a few years before that, and I went to Croatia. Croatia, that's supposed to be beautiful on Croatia, the coast there. Absolutely stunning. On your own? Stunning, on my own. No bother to you? No bother. My son-in-law, who I said, he's fantastic at booking. And could I say he's actually in hospital at the moment? Getting his knee replaced. What's his name? And I'm wishing him speedy recovery. Paul Desmond. Well, fair play to Paul. He's not a travel agent. He's just good at these kind of things. Oh, he's just very, very good at this. And he books everything for me. How long were you away then in the southern states? I was away, I'd say, about 15 days. Get away. And would you advise other people to do it as long as you take... I would, if, if, if they had the confidence to do it. I'm a chatter, Neil. I chat to anyone... If I get lost, I ask questions. You know, you have to have the confidence to do it. Yeah, so you have to have the personality, otherwise you'll find yes. it kind of lonely and you'll feel You'd find isolated. it lonely, whereas I love a bit of history 
and if I'm going anywhere, I go places where I like the history. Yeah, yeah. You know, I like the history of the black struggle and things like that. Yeah. So Memphis, you know, it's full of history. Okay, so the southern states, New York a number yes. of times, Croatia, I'm forgetting yeah, something. Yeah, and I've been to the Burren. <laughs> that was my first trip on my own, that up was to the, the Burren. That was the tester. That was the tester. And where are you going next? Well, I don't know. I think before I get too old now, because I'd be 69 this year, <laughs> I would love, I would love to go on a train journey around the Alps. Would you now? You know, the train that you hop on and you hop off? Not the Orient Express, no? In. Not the, maybe something like that, but not as dear as that, Jesus. You'd have to watch <laughs> what you're spending now. Um, I'd love something like that. That would probably be my last thing. Well... We say that I anyway. never say never, girl. Never say never. And you know what? You have the free travel anyway, so you can go anywhere in Ireland. Oh, gee, because I have the trip free travel. I'm using that all over the place. And I even got the one to the north. You're an independent woman. I am. You have to. It's a great train journey, actually, that I did a few years ago. It's the blue train. You get on it in Johannesburg and you go all oh. the way to Cape Town on it. I think it's like, oh uh, it's either one or two nights. It might even be two nights. It's just a glorious trip right down into oh Cape Town. God, so and it's not all, I mean, it's it's nowhere near, it's only a fraction of the cost of the Orient Express. Yeah. But yeah. the actual experience is just as good, if not better. Yeah, it's just the experience of going on the train and going up, up around the mountains and hopping off and, you know, going for walks. and say, I'd love that. Oh, uh, listen. And I might get there. Whatever, I might get there. Whatever you're planning next, next to, let me know. I will. And I've been to um, Cuba twice, but that was with my sister. We went to Cuba. <laughs> you really, <laughs> I'm a traveller. You really have been there, haven't you? Oh, everywhere, everywhere, yeah. I worked very hard, Neil. I worked very, very hard. So you really hard, are enjoying so life now, aren't you? I am. I love it. I worked very hard all my life. And, you know, I'm not going to be saving every penny to leave to anyone. I'll spend it if I have it. <laughs> <laughs> they won't be getting anything from me they got enough Dead right well said Betty <laughs> listen lovely chatting with you have a great okay. weekend well done okay, stay listening much, if there's thanks any prize me. you should Love give it to Betty what an absolute legend breath of fresh air to listen to on a Friday we could all do with a bit of her lust for life I'd be afraid to travel to West Cork on my own not to mind across the Atlantic and I'm only 30 what a legend says Sarah and so say all of us I do have a nice little prize actually we were chatting recently with Spitchak about different things you might recall and they came back to me saying, listen, why don't we do something on air, have a bit of fun? So we put together um, uh, Dinner for Two with wine at Spitjack. So this would be based on the best solo adventure stories where you just went on your own. So you can email neil at uh, redfm.ie or you can text 0868104106 and somebody's going to win Dinner for Two with wine, courtesy of ourselves in Spitjack on Washington Street open seven days breakfast, brunch, lunch and dinner on Spitjack you ain't going to be paying for it so back to the phone lines Helen, good morning Morning, Neil can I just say Betty really deserves the prize Ah, well, she certainly is a great story but let's see what happens over the next couple of days but she was a breath of fresh air wasn't she? She was brilliant, yeah yeah. yeah. So are you a bit of a solo traveller? I am I wouldn't be as adventurous as Betty. Like, I like to go to the sun and I enjoy Oh, that's fine. Listen, everybody has their own story. So that was Betty's. What's yours? Well, I've been to Tenerife twice on my own. I went once for Christmas. Go away. So I had Christmas Day on the beach. Totally different. Uh, Ham ham roll for lunch, a bottle of Diet Coke. On Christmas Day? Christmas Day. (laughs) And Santa came in a speedboat in a pair of shorts. Why why did you want to go for Christmas? I don't know. 
I just said that I wanted to get away. I wanted something different. And I just said, I'm going to Tenerife. And off I went. Okay. And I love. Was it, a, was it that you asked other people and they said no? No. No, no, no. Just said, I'm going. And that's it. And no no worries or fears or anything about being away like that? No? I mean, no, no, you're going to be you're going to be very safe in the likes of Tenerife anyway, aren't you? I would. And as I said, I went there twice. I've done around there, not like Waterford, Kerry, those places. I've done places there on my own. And I'm booked again to go in August to Spain on my own. And why on your own? This is by choice. It's the way you want yes. it. I like a bit of peace and quiet every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just it. So I get away from everybody. Go on my own. Nobody knows me. I can do what I want. Lie in bed all day. Stay all day. Whatever. <laughs> and but surely be to God, Christmas Day lunchtime with the ham roll on the beach. You must have said, I wish to God I was at home having Christmas dinner with everybody. A little bit of me because I always cook Christmas dinner. So I didn't have to cook the ham roll. So what did they do without you? I'd imagine they had a chicken or something. <laughs> <laughs> they wouldn't have done turkey and ham anyway. You like your own company then, do you? Not always, no. Just sometimes I say, I need a break. I have to get away. And I often do it. And sometimes my daughter books me into photo for his father. And a nice way there. And I go to photo, we say, on a Monday morning. And I stay there at the Tuesday. On All your own? Day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God, I just have to get away. You have to like I your own company your though to do something like that, don't you? Well, I'm a big reader, so I just bring my Kindle and I read all day and then I go walking around the place and, you know, do little touristy things. But not much. But I just love going away on my own. All right, okay. Fair play to you. Thanks, Ellen. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Cheers for now. Text 0868104106 with your own story. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818104106. See an article, actually. Uh, sorry, this is a post online from something that I did earlier on this morning, and it has to do primarily with Cargilline and the St. Patrick's Day Parade. And it was an article, I think it was in the Echo, saying that a lot of communities will struggle to find the cost of insurance to put on their parades. Uh, Cargilline St. Patrick's Day Parade is saying it's been brought to our attention that there was an article yesterday suggesting that our local parade in Cargilline was in doubt. It's not the case. Story's incorrect. In fact, our volunteers are already setting up in super value this morning in the fundraising efforts to make sure that it happens. And we look forward to seeing everybody there. Um, I think the fundraiser might actually be for a lot of different things, but I'm wondering whether part of it is to cover the public indemnity insurance as well. But anyway, they are fundraising and they are doing their thing. And there's nothing to fear in Carrigaline, they're saying. Uh, a lot of different texts then regarding shout-outs and what have you. Can I just give out one or two of them? Uh, birthday request, please, for my son, Adrian McGrath from Yall. Hoping it's a lovely day and your mam Denise was in touch. And a big shout-out because all week long we've had transition year students, TY students, here at uh, Red FM. They were doing their Learning Waves Broadcast Association of Ireland transition year programme at the radio station. And one of the lads, Mams. Michelle sent us in some lovely cupcakes this morning from Sweet Serendipity Events. So a big shout out to the students, Alex, Jack, Tegan, Dylan, Jade and Ryan, who are here today for their last day. And thank you to Michelle 
for the lovely cupcakes and also for the chocolate brought in by Tegan during the week. They have their own show at 10pm tonight here on Cork's Red FM uh, and also Mark from Rooster's Piri Piri has kindly offered to feed them today as well. So there's food on the way for the gang uh, from Rooster's. In fact, just one or two other shout outs. You may be interested to know that Cork GAA and Cork Arc Cancer Support House have teamed up for a new partnership, Cork Arc, and the senior players will be wearing a one-off jersey with the Cork Arc Cancer Support House logo on the jerseys in association with Sports Direct during Sunday's Allianz National Football and Hurley League game down in Parky Cueve. So a shout out for all those guys. Some free food Friday shout outs then and then we'll pick a winner in a few minutes time to Jana Co-op and everybody at the mill, to Glen Heights Pharmacy, to Ross uh, Crosshaven RNLI, Dunn Stores in Carrigaline are listening, Crazy Monkey Skate Shop and Douglas Smurfit Kappa Solutions Paula Duff, Tidy Mechanical Repairs Leisure World in Churchfield Donovan Auto Services in Glanmire, to all of the staff at, staff at ECI JCB in Carrick Tool, Dapper and Co. What a great name for a business, Dapper and Co. Countrywide Drains and Dripsy, AP Vaughan Recycling in Tower, Bossard Ireland in Little Island, Urban Retreat Hair in Middleton, Toss, Toss Bryans and Fromoy Cope, Transport in Montanati, Bebas Hair Salon Hawks Road, SOS, 15 hungry animals looking to recharge apparently, PMC Commercials, Orchid Centre in the CUH, and just a few more, Southern Pumps, uh, Drena National School, K Paula, the fishing boat fishing out of Yall. Morning to you all. Clona Dairy Products, Irish Removals, Northside Tires, and MCK Electrical. That's as many shout outs as I'll get to today. Nice way to round off the week with somebody winning free food Friday, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters Perry Perry. Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. We'll do that in a few minutes' time. Uh, text 0868104106 for all of the business. I also told you earlier in the week there was a lovely double spread article in the Echo regarding Ronan Leonard, comedian, entertainer, tour guide. And I love the idea of the tour guide that he was talking about at the time because it's called This is Cork, Cork's Many Childhoods. It's a walking tour specifically for children, right? Um, and adults as well, but I mean, he wants to do it through the eyes uh, of children. Uh, but there's a lovely story to this because it's a city tour uh, remembering childhoods of generations before. I hope I'm putting that right. Ronan, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? How are you? I'm good, my man. I appreciate you taking the call. So, this uh, were you born in Raird City Centre, was it? Uh, no, uh, I, I was actually born in Dublin, uh, which is obviously means I can never run for public office here. But no, I <laughs> does that preclude in, um, you? It does. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's like Obama with his birth search. But uh, no, um, <laughs> I grew I grew up in Ballinora, but I've been living in the city twenty you know, twenty twenty two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and this walking tour is different. Why? Because there's many of them already well catered for. Oh yeah, there's well. I I studied um, tour guide. I'm like I'm nationally certified a, a few years ago, and I started a walking tour business. And I had tickets sold for the 16th of March 2020, and then something happened. Yeah. So that has delayed yeah. things. But yeah, well, like my son is is 12 now, and you know. You know, when kids get to seven or eight, you start realizing, you start seeing everything you've taken for granted through new eyes. And I, I was, I was like, there's, there's something there, because you know, when you when you talk to to kids as, as a person, not as a as a teacher, 
the conversation just goes in different places. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then even as adults, so when I bring the, the tour and the, the parents are with us, they go, we forget this. Like, you know, when you walk in North Main Street and you talk about how things were different, you also have to remember it was almost two metres lower in the ground. <laughs> you know, like just all these things. So it, when you talk with a seven, eight, you know, 10 year old with like, how would you build a city from scratch? Imagining it's just, you know, a wasteland. And they're thinking... Because that's what happened and they didn't realise that kind of thing. Exactly. But they start thinking Minecraft. They start thinking Lego. Oh, I'd build walls. I'd I'd, uh, make a moat. You know, that is literally what we did. What we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you start talking games and, um, like, obviously, things didn't exist back then, you know, Paint, electricity, these are all gone. So we, I, I show them a little um, brand duck. It's called a Viking chess. And now half the fun of it would have been boys and girls like finding stones that they'd polished themselves and cutting little ridges in whatever wood they carved because that would be their version of now with what's your fanciest thing. So just g- giving these little tastes and like, you know, honeycomb was a huge treat back then. Um, so given the ideas of, of that's what the sweet thing of the day was, you know. Hunter, so you go back quite a long time then and you're almost like through the millennia revisiting the childhoods of children who lived and played in the city. Oh, exactly. And the, the funny, like I love table quizzes. A, a lot of the listeners might have seen me over the years um, now, interesting I've never won a quiz in my life but I've been running them for about 20 years but I love little ways of remembering things now I, I hope I don't fluff this on the radio but if you ask a kid to remember the, the sweet sequence of 2, 3, 4, 5 and 6 and then you go 7th century um, I really hope I've got this wrong now but 7th century Finbar 9th century uh, Vikings then you had 3, 12th century oh uh, Anglo-Normans, I know the, the walls were built, and then you, so you're talking to them, and they're helping you add up the centuries, and then six is the, we end up in the 21st century, so that they're feeling like they're helping run the tour, but they're also, hopefully, you know, they might be studying in second year or third year, and they'll remember that two, three, four, five. Oh, five, listen, six, if you set the you seed know, young yeah. enough with anything, you know? Any kind exactly, of an interest, yeah. any kind of. Yeah. Wh- wh- what's the route then? Because you didn't mention uh, the was it the North Main Street or is it a South Main Street start? Where do you go? Well, um, I, it starts North Main Street because see, the, the other thing then is like you know under the hood with the nuts and bolts of things. Like kids don't like walking too long in one <laughs> burst without their, without their phone in the in their face. Exactly. Well, to be fair, adults don't like it anymore either. But so like. Um, you start outside St. Peter and Paul's, you know, the old, the old vision centre, but like for the technical reason that you, if it's busy, you can stand in on uh, off the street. So it's quieter because I personally only want groups of you know, eight, nine, ten people. Yeah. So I'm talking to them all. Other people choose to do big walking tours, but I, I want to do a lot more personal. Then you, ex- you know, explain the the Viking times. Then you end up walking towards the Gate Cinema and you know there's a little monument there um, about showing where Skitty's Castle yeah. stood yeah. but that gives a great example of so like I'm about one metre uh, eighty look six foot two and so me with a, a kid standing on my shoulders would be how low the city went so that's a real simple 
isn't uh, visual that for them. Yeah. And yeah. then um, you just go on to Northgate Bridge and talk about how, you know, the first bridge was made of wood. It was washed away. What was the second bridge of? Wood again. They didn't learn from their mistakes. Kids love it. But then, like, from when you stand at Northgate Bridge and if the, if the, the, the trees haven't grown too much, you can look up the river where the Cork um, Science Hub is now, but that used to be the water treatment plant. So explaining to an eight-year-old that if you were playing football and you were thirsty uh, up till the 1940s, you couldn't just drink a quick glass of water because that would there was a good chance you'd get sick. Just to explain that that's how bad the water was, and then you move up to Shandon. They must be amazed know, is, at these stories, you know, listening oh, to exactly. them as an eight or nine or ten-year-old. They really must. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah, but it's you know you give them a little bite-sized bits of information. So you're up Shandon Street now and you're heading for what? The Bells, is it? Yeah, 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 but, but at the at the bottom of Shandon Street, when you look across the river, you're able to point out where Tenora started <laughs> and then you give them a little taste of Tenora and I've, I've a lovely picture. You know, I've, look, you know the old do they know it though, the, the Tenora? Well, they do once they've tasted it. Do they like, like it when they taste it? Oh, yeah. It's a fizzy drink that's, uh, that's sweet, Neil. They're awesome. going to like it. <laughs> but, Here's a little factoid. Now, I, I learned this off other people's research, but do you remember when the um, the sugar tax came in, uh, well, whatever, a few years ago? So all the sweet drink makers had to tweak things to get below certain uh, sugar levels. Yeah. Uh, Tenora now has uh, added uh, carrot extract to keep the taste in one way, but the sugar lower. So when you give a, a kid some you know, fancy lemonade, and then you go, can you taste any carrot in it? And then they're like, oh, you know, uh, you know, <laughs> surprised by that. But then you go up, up by, like, you know, of course you have to visit Linen Sweet Factory. Good. But just across the road from Linen Sweet Factory is a mural with Mother Jones on it. I'm trying to explain to a 10-year-old, like, okay, you're not going to get into the uh, the uh, the, the uh, wrongs and rights of Marxist uh, community. Uh, uh, the whole trade uh, union politics. wars, yeah. Exactly. But to explain... To a ten-year-old that before Mother Jones and, and her comrades were over there, kids there their age were you know l- losing fingers <laughs> because they had to work, and there was no such thing as uh, you know um, fair pay. And just to give them that idea, That's and then incredible. Uh, then there's the you know the Shakespearean um, theatre the company, the loft exactly, and trying to explain to them then that you know like the idea of forty kids in a place but maybe having to learn a whole play by memory because there'd only been four copies of the book. Uh, you know, just this madness and, and explaining, like, that is um, what was the thing to do. Like, it's astonishing because, like, yep. and you're only, to be honest with you, even that in itself is scratching the surface because the kids then would be totally in awe if you brought them down around Penrose Quay and showed them where all of the people left during the famine on the famine ships. You know, stories like that? Or exactly. the burning, or the burning of Cork. How a lot of it was burned to the ground as you walked them on Patrick. So just so that the city centre was just like Venice. They would be blown away by all of that. Oh, oh, it is. But like and the other thing is parents. And look, I didn't know loads of this when I was um, researching it. And then we end up on uh, Corn Market Street, and you know, every kid has heard of the English market, but they didn't realise there was uh, the Irish market and the Paddy's market. Yeah. I'm just trying to explain to the even Coke them. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the concept of of poverty without turning it into Strumpet City, but for kids to be told, like, sometimes you might just get a, 
fish heads and, and spuds. And you, um, Ricky Gervais has this great bit that when um, pretty much anyone remembers a past life, they always assume they were rich. <laughs> but, you know, like, so I can explain, like, you know, by no, uh, by no uh, bad luck, right? people would be born into, you know, not great circumstances and just giving kids that, that sense of it. And what do they say? Yeah, yeah. And what to know? I mean, it's not a lecture. It's you're, you're getting down to their level and you're bringing them to places that they can relate to. But what do they say at the end of it? How do they react? Well, it, there's a load of different ways. For, for okay, so looping back to the, the brand, what I do is I, I make on, on a, like old tote bags and I, 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 I give them well, here's a lovely little touch I'm very proud of. I give them uh, 98 cents because you need 50 cents for the Queen, four, four tens for the defending pieces and, uh, what is it, eight copper pieces, or say eight one-cent pieces to be the attackers. So they've got a little thing in their pocket at the start of the, the tour, which is just a load of change. But as we come down from Shandon, we visit the cornucopia of, of chocolate, which is Peg Toonies. And they they suddenly have enough to buy like two tr- treats, so like it's this linking it all up, and then um, so once um, and, and then I encourage the kids to make their own uh, brand set, maybe out of cardboard or maybe try wood carving or whatever, and I then encourage the parents to send me a picture, and one kid the following day had started wood carving with his granddad. Wow, something. it's a you know, fabulous it, story. Yeah, like you can't make kids do anything. You can't make adults do anything either. But when you just go, maybe you'd like to try this, they go with it. Some kids have then just done their own drawing of the logo of Cork, um, you know, the um, a safe harbour for ships. Just even that idea that you could row your boat up to what had been the Queen Old Castle and they're just looking at things for the first time. You row your boat right up to the doors of the Chateau Bar. You could row your boat right down the South Mall. It's intriguing. It's How can people then get on board? When is this starting off for the... Is it the summer, well, the spring? No, well, it runs now on Friday afternoons and Sunday mornings. Uh, you, I suppose it's up on Eventbrite on, on all the social medias. It's This Is Cork Tours... And then, you know, come the proper summer, hopefully I'll be doing it well, you know, four or five times a week because... We would like, love to travel on one of those tours with you and to record some bits and pieces with you and the kids. I think it'd be fantastic. You'd be more than welcome, but also, Neil, I'm not trying to catch you on the hop, uh, another tour I'm sitting on, so I'll be launching it in, in um, May, I hope, is called This Is Cork. Um, this used to be here, and it's going to be a walk, a, a popular culture walking tour of places that are gone and speaking of the chateau uh, there was a certain radio station on Patrick Street where some people cut their teeth that maybe you might want to give me some uh, 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 cultural anecdotes about there was, there was none on Patrick Street there was a what few there was a few lanes off it alright where there were one or oh, two yeah, close enough but there was a French Church Street was there, one. There, there was another yeah. one on Tucky Street so places uh, listen anything you need just ask whatever you need yeah but that's what my tours are about, is um, walking tours for people who don't normally do walking uh, I tours. I think it's fantastic. Um, I, wish, I, wish I'd yeah. mo- I wish I had more time. But we will talk again about both oh, of definitely. those tours for sure. And I'd love to go for a bit of a stroll with you when you're doing either or both, if I'm not an imposition. So, no so this is available on Eventbrite if, if a parent wants to get one started for their son or daughter. There's probably a nominal charge, I get that, but I can't imagine it's much. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, look, look the thing is, I, I'm giving a, a premium prepared <laughs> thing, you know. So, like, you know, it's worth it. it like, it's, it's a, I'd say it's equal to a theatre show. You know, they're getting something from it, you know, um, and that's what I hope that the standards they get from it as well. Well, they're getting certainly a great walk through history and time on Side. Good to talk, Ronan. We'll talk yeah. again. So people that might want Thank to you. get involved or book it can do so on Eventbrite. Look after yourself for now. It took exactly. a Dubliner to do it. It took a Dubliner to do it. But yeah. what can you do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> See you, mate. Thank you. All the best. Take care. Lovely guy. Ronan Leonard. Great way to wrap off the week. And it also gets me excited that spring is coming and summer is just around the corner and people will be thinking and planning and plotting things to do. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Great chat with Ronan. Actually, Shane Casey from the Young Offenders rang and he says, tell Neil to say, Tanora may change, but Ronan will always be a legend. So well said on that one. He's lucky, actually, that Shane Casey didn't come on the air because I would quiz him and quiz him and quiz him as to whether they are about to start filming another series of the Young Offenders. I get an answer out of them, all right, I can tell you. They're probably boxing clever. Listen, just remember, if you are a solo traveller and you have travelled overseas and prefer solo travelling and you've got a good story to share, we had a couple of great ones this morning, then do text 0868104106 with your story. Email neil at redfm.ie. We have dinner for two with wine at Spitjack on Washington Street. I love the food at Spitjack and you will too. So the best story, and we'll come back to that and lots more besides on Monday. Um, it's, it's up to you whether you text or email, but share the story and come on the air. Last bit of business this morning before I leave you for the weekend. Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. Check them out over the weekend if you're looking for good food. But Free Food Friday, should 15 to 20 of you, should feed 15 to 20 of you. And the Red Patrollers will be delivering it in the next hour or so to Smurfit Kappa, Pauladuff Road out in Toker. And Agnes should be standing by on the on the shop floor, the factory floor. Agnes. Hi, Nate. Ah, uh, come here. Are you guys are the people what make the cardboard boxes, right? Yes. Are there, are there many of you there? And um, there's twenty five on the floor. <laughs> okay. And then there's a uh, there's a altogether there's forty. Oh my god! I can't feed forty of you unless oh, you, I know. unless you really share it around. But certainly twenty <laughs> of you, forty if you if you eat half each. But have you been working there long? Um, 17 years Oh, fair play to you, long time and you've been texting for Free Food Friday for nearly as long as that so well done I am. <laughs> yeah. listen, all of you, have a great weekend give us a big shout out and we'll get the food on the way to Smurf at Kappa Pollardoff Road alright, are you ready? thanks a lot, me Go for are you ready now? <laughs> show oh, oh my god, god. that's incredible, do it again <laughs> Sounds like as if I'm at a car curling match down Parky Cueve. Food's on the way, Agnes. Well done. That's great. Thanks Good luck to you all. Thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. I'll see you Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.